0: This is TV Podcast Industries with our 2022 TV and movie wrap-up and our 2023 preview. Welcome back, fellow defenders, industrialists, wheelers, witchers, boys and girls, alumni, Gothamites, and governors to our annual recap for 2022 and our 2023 preview podcast on TV Podcast Industries. There's lots of words in there and lots to talk about. As <laughs> we <laughs> right, this year, I'm one of your hosts, Derek.
1: Hello there, fellow everything. Uh, <laughs> I am one of your other hosts, John.
2: Yes, and rounding out this trio of uh, basically, we talk about everything, people, I am Chris.
0: Yes, we do. This year, we have achieved a hundred episodes of the podcast within a year. I was looking back over the last couple of years of doing these uh, recap podcasts. Last year, we did a hundred and one. And that was the most podcast done. And everybody. that was
1: in lockdown yeah. Full, yeah. Um, for some light. some
0: of the months. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, still in lockdown and this year we've done a 100 episodes of the podcast. This is officially the 100th episode uh, of the year. Uh, we've covered loads of stuff this year starting out uh, with Wheel of Time uh, and The Witcher which we closed out at the beginning of the year. Um we did The Boys Diabolical Picard Moon Knight The Boys season 3 Miss Marvel uh, Umbrella Academy season 3 The Sandman She-Hulk Attorney at Law Rings of Power um Heddyworth Season 3, and recently you've probably just heard the first two episodes of our Witcher Blood Origin coverage. Uh, it's all the TV shows we did last year. Yes. Uh, lots and lots there. We also did some movies uh, last year. We certainly did. We started off in March with
1: The Batman.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: We, of course, went into lovely The Month of Madness in May with Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Mm-hmm. We got all lovey-dovey in July with Thor, Love and Thunder. We howled away at the moon in October with Werewolf by Night. We went on an epic journey into Africa and under the sea in Wakanda Forever in November. And of course... Leading up to the holidays uh, over Christmas and the festive period in December, we took a look at the Guardians holiday
0: special. Yes, we did. I bet you wish I hadn't started uh, the descriptions on those, John. Yeah. Very good off off the cuff, though. Well done. It was. Excellent. Well done. Uh, So what we do each year when we get to the end of the year, if you haven't joined us uh, uh, on the podcast for our wrap-up, we discuss the shows we talked about during the year, which ones we liked. Uh, We don't get into too much spoilers about them but uh, we may have some minor spoilers for some of the shows you may not have seen but um, we're going to kind of break them out into groups uh, i did this on our on our uh, facebook group over facebook.com slash groups slash tv podcast industries threw it out to our wonderful uh, fellow defenders and fellow listeners over there uh, to ask what their thoughts about the best shows we covered uh, i broke them out into a couple of groups i started off with our best marvel show because as you could probably tell there we did a lot of marvel shows this year uh, covered um Three Marvel shows uh, throughout this year. We did uh, Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, and She-Hulk. So who wants to take which one? Chris, do you want to kick kick us off? Which one of those do you want to talk about?
2: I'm I'm, go- I'm going to go She-Hulk. Mm-hmm. For me, it was just a, a breath of fresh... I, I used this a lot when we discussed it. A breath of fresh air. Yeah. It was just so unique. It was not what we were expecting. Mm-hmm. Like It was a... Wholehearted, twenty to thirty minute episode, usually somewhere twenty two plus episode comedy show, set in the MCU Mm -hmm. with fourth wall breaking, with fifth wall, seventh wall, eighth wall breaking, (laughs) twelfth dimensional breaking,
0: universe breaking towards the
2: towards the end, Mm -hmm. um, and cameos galore. Yeah, Mister Immortal, uh, the Titania. Good old Charlie Cox is there, mm-hmm. like Absolutely. the proper, and let us not forget Leapfrog that's mm-hmm. like he needed his lily pads, and it was just fun yeah. that was it. this year has been outside in the real world a bit of a bucket of hell sometimes, depending mm-hmm. on the news, yeah. so little shows like this, which are just gems, diamonds in the rough that mm-hmm. are just fun, comedic, and no self referential and know what they are. It was just brilliant. Definitely. Yeah.
1: Interestingly as well, we're talking about breaking the fourth wall. I recently watched uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that the Scarlet Witch had a f- fourth wall breaking moment.
0: Yes, she did. Uh, yeah, when yes. she's
1: doing the dream uh, magic in order to get into uh, one of the other universes. Mm-hmm like it's just a look it's not a talk to but yeah it is a definite look into the camera uh, which i found quite interesting with She-Hulk this year, which was phenomenal as yeah. well. Definitely yeah. uh, loved that yeah. um, for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. She-Hulk was just, just such a revelation of a show. We we enjoyed every episode of the show. I looked forward to that half hour of fun every week, and they really kept that pace going yeah. throughout the series. Just something to have fun with every week and, and enjoy every week. So uh, yeah, one of our one of our great shows for the year, I think. Definitely, uh, definitely. I'm going to talk about Miss Marvel, a completely different show for us. Today. Yeah, we were definitely not the target audience for this show, other than being massive marvel fans but i think they really did a good job of bringing kamala khan and her family uh, and the relationships built around her into this world of marvel into this disney plus show is such a, such an enjoyable show to learn about a new community new culture especially in the mcu which has been traditionally yeah. quite similar uh, type of people that have been in the universe and just great to have this completely different um family in 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 uh, in the mcu really enjoyed it definitely um i loved miss
1: marvel um because she went right up there with spider-man for me um, just that community you know Mm -hmm. uh, neighborhood uh hero but one born of not with tragedy through the death of uncle ben but Mm -hmm. just one with um the just the family and the yeah. community so i really really enjoyed it and got me looking at a lot of miss marvel comics so this i didn't i hadn't really read miss marvel at all up until that point so it really got me into the uh looking out and sourcing out the comics but also uh, i just loved the character and i love i i do feel
0: it's an absolute modern day spider-man
1: actually
3: Mm -hmm. um, and
0: in that sense can really
1: do
3: that
0: yeah and it's a character i'm really hoping we're going to see more of you're not we're not really too sure yet how the disney plus shows are going to integrate and especially with their background characters or the side characters we know we're going to see kamala khan back in the marvels next year alongside the other big uh, marvel characters which we will talk about a little bit later on um but we don't really know what's going to happen with all the side characters we kind of while we were discussing it on the show, we were saying how much we liked some of the other side characters that were in that show and hoping we're going to see them in future projects that are in uh, Disney Plus and in future projects that are in the MCU. But there's been so many great side characters in even these shows this year um, that not everybody's going to get featured in the future. We may have moments with them. And I hope we do, especially with this cast. I thought, yeah. I thought it was a really good ensemble cast, um, particularly around such a brand new character to, to a lot of people.
2: Yeah, and that kind of really rolls into the third and final one, which I think, John, I'm assuming you want to kind of kick off.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, Moon Knight was right in my wheelhouse. I love the character, and I mean, I think it's the first time I've given every episode uh, a five out of five Mm -hmm. Um, across the whole season. I just, everything about it in terms of the story, um, just... I loved how um, they dealt with the DID of Mm -hmm. Stephen and Mark, and I loved getting the feedback in from fellow defenders Mm -hmm. around that because, you know, as we said right from the outset, it's not something we particularly know anything about Mm -hmm. in any great detail. So that was really awesome, that interaction with our fellow defenders. And I just – the whole ancient Egypt thing is, you know, again – is in my wheelhouse. I just loved how it linked in with all of that. So yeah, yeah the fight sequences, the action sequences, certainly where you get, got that jarring as Stephen became Mark, mm-hmm. uh, just really. So cool
0: really good, so um, and yeah, so great yeah. choices made in that show you definitely, know, and, and really have to give it up for uh, oscar isaac 's performance in the in the central role, where he made two completely distinct characters, and then a third at the end of the season, you know we we uh really got to see him showcase him as a a really leading character. It was great to see it uh, on screen. Uh, This was the one that was voted as our number one uh, Marvel show of the year. 65% of the votes uh, came in for Moon Knight. So I um, think maybe
1: into the Moon Knight podcast may have done a lot of
0: clicking I on think, that. No, Ray
2: at Into the Night wouldn't be doing all that. No, no it's all just about gerrymandering. That's
0: all it is. <laughs> he's, he's the one that probably put, brought a lot of the, uh, the Moon Knight fans over to TV podcast industries exactly. uh, during, during the time of Moon Knight. So, uh, so that's probably why it's over-airing uh, to, to them. But yeah. it seemed to get a really good response uh, overall. And again, Moon Knight, not a very well-known character. Uh, it's someone that, because of Ray and his podcast, really... He has become such a big character for us, uh, over the last couple of years. We've all been Definitely. following on the comics a lot more than we would yep. have been if we didn't, if it wasn't for Ray. And we were delighted to have Ray on with us, uh, for our final podcast, uh, on, on Moon Knight, um, at the end of, at the end of that, that run.
2: Yeah. And no, for me, and it's very much similar to Miss Marvel, which is we don't know when we're, well, we know when we're seeing Miss Marvel, mm-hmm. like Kamala Khan will be back in the Marvels of the film, but Moon Knight is still a question mark. Like season two has not been confirmed. Yeah. Um we do not have a time when Mark Spector will be back in a it's like he's not confirmed for Ant Man Guantamania, Mm -hmm. or Secret Invasion. There is no it's similar to Hawkeye. Yeah. It is the only bit where I'm like I kind I kinda wanna know a bit more of the roadmap. Like we have names of films for the overall MCU but not Moon Knight will return in... Yeah. Ba-ba-ba-ba. That's true.
0: And, yeah. and I think the cause of concern, I have more for Moon Knight, um, at least with... Kamala Khan with, with Miss Marvel, we have a, comf- a confirmed point when she's going to come in with Moon Knight. Not only do we not have a confirmed point, the show itself is very standalone. There were some yeah. references to the to the blip. There were some references to what was going on in uh, Falcon the Winter Soldier, but very, very minor. There were no crossover characters that appeared in the show or anything like that. So um, if we do have him back, they're going to have to really follow up on that closing post credit scene as opposed to him just appearing somewhere. I'm yeah. always excited if we get a crossover and a cameo of a character in the future. Future. You know, there's, there's, now that he's in the universe, we can have that. And that, that will be exciting in itself. But, Definitely. Um, I'd love to have some I more.
1: mean, currently as well, I think, you know, as you said, there's that kind of link to um, Madripoor, possibly. Mm-hmm. But the other kind of ecosystem that's out there, I think, at the moment is Werewolf by Night. And I guess with the Black Knight from um, the Eternals, mm-hmm. that yeah. were... There could be that fit, um, and so on. So I, I, I'm just wondering, you know, with Agatha Harkness and so on, you know, how far will they push that whole um, sort of um, supernatural, magical, um, area of Marvel? Because it does, you know, with Doctor Strange, Werewolf by Night, Wanda, Agatha. And Moon Knight in that sense. I think there's certainly something there that's a bit more sort of meaty where it could, but nonetheless, nothing as such as being um Confir- confirmed. Confirmed. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. And I I look we know Oscar Isaac, the lead for Moon Knight, is a very in demand actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's in Spider Man across the Spider Verse next year. <laughs> yes, yes. So obviously that would be one of the big Pieces, but that was recorded voice recorded a while ago. Mm-hmm. And according to IMDb, which is never 100% accurate, he's got a lot of pre production stuff, mm-hmm. but just nothing is like confirmed that's been filmed or next like released next year or anything like that. So, very much, it's it, it's going to be I say it's going to come down to Marvel Kevin Feige, the, the, the machine that is Kevin Feige, uh, or K E V I N, um. Mm-hmm. Backing up the money truck and trying to just lock him down for okay, we want you. Here's your here's your season two, and here's your yeah. next episode. Because he said he was enjoying. He did say he enjoyed it. He did say very much enjoyed the, like the the universe, the act, the character, and yeah. the production. Yeah, uh, there was no kind of bad blood or anything like that. So yeah, it's yeah. just going to be interesting to see. What happens next?
0: And it's a question that's been posed at almost every single convention appearance that he's had. And, you know, sometimes these things are conflicting because there's nothing signed. That's that's what we do no. know. There's absolutely nothing signed for a future appearance of Oscar Isaac. He would not be able to uh, break the contract that he has with Marvel by announcing something before they want to announce it, of course. Right. So whatever he said... All we can take from it is he enjoyed the experience. He'd love to come back. It's a lot of work for him. He uh, did a lot of work. The behind the scenes stuff on Moon Knight, uh, where they talked about how much work he was doing to keep uh, focused on the characters he was playing at each time. You know, playing one character for three months and then following up and playing a completely different character. Sometimes in the same scene, he'd recorded three months beforehand. That that kind of stuff is a lot to do. So yeah, um, so if he's coming back, he wants to de- wants to be dedicated to it. And I do think it'll be a little bit of time before we see uh, at least another series, if that's the way they're going to go. But uh, I, I do hope we're going to see him back, though. Um, really, really good. But as you mentioned, there's lots of poss- possibilities uh, in the world of Marvel because uh, the world has been expanding, especially in the movies for last year. So let's go on to our next section. What's the best movie or special presentation? Because we had a few of those uh, last year as well. Um What what movie or, or special presentation do you guys want to talk about? What's your, what's your first one that pops into your head from this? year
1: well <laughs> it would have to be dr strange in the multiverse of madness mm-hmm. which also topped our poll i can honestly this- say i did not click it multiple times i wasn't trying to gerrymander <laughs> either so um almost 50
0: percent i of know all the votes i cast. was
1: really surprised yeah. at that and i think that's why i went back and re-watched it mm-hmm. and there are Absolutely just some fantastic Sam Raimi stuff Mm -hmm. in here. Yeah. As I say, I mean, and more than I had spotted to begin with. Mm -hmm. There are just some really, really good camera directing touches here, uh, which I guess makes it something different and connects certainly with Sam Raimi fans. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But also it was that. It just went whoosh, straight into it. I know there was criticism of that, you know, from certain quarters at the time, but it was just that event piece. And it just, it brought you in and then it pummeled you with that movie. Not even that it went too fast for me or Mm. anything like that. It just was that movie- Back to the and end. Yeah. There, there it was, <laughs> right to the end. You yeah. Know? Uh, yeah. To, and to bring to
0: bring on board our, our listeners who may not be aware, we should we, we should should mention it regularly. We do mention it regularly. John is pretty much our Doctor Strange fan, so uh, what we said before we recorded our podcast and what we mentioned on the Doctor Strange Multiverse Mad- Madness podcast was what we had wanted going into it was Doctor Strange Two, the second movie. Of Doctor Strange, based around Doctor Strange, that was our expectation. And I do think, and you know, we we try to avoid the negative side of, of fandom. Everything's hated, no matter how how big it is, and the bigger it is, you'll find more people to hate it. So I, I'm not going to get involved in that discussion. But I do think if your ex- expectation was you were going to go in there and you're going to see you know a million different versions of every single Marvel comic book character, you could only be disappointed by that. And the fact that myself and John particularly went in looking for Doctor Strange too. We got a movie which is very similar in, in style or in, uh, in character to the Doctor Strange character and directed by Sam Raimi, one of our favorite directors. So I know we came out of it with a much more positive opinion than somebody that would have gone in hoping for this Avengers level movie with special appearances all over the place. But there are some massive moments for those people as well. Uh, the introduction of the Illuminati, uh, in that movie is a massive moment, uh, seeing characters brought to life for the first time in the mcu no matter what happened to them afterwards (laughs) was a massive moment where i remember gasps in the audience when we saw it in the cinema Um, having the meat and two veg of the scarlet witch (laughs) as well you know because
1: she only appeared right at the end of of wandavision Mm -hmm. so having that i think you know certainly the presence of wanda Scarlet Witch along with Doctor Strange really helps because you know bringing these two massive uh magical um forces of the comics together is a pretty big deal Um, and it's really huge you have and I think you're right I think there was just no way you were going to be able to get um sort of all this time in multiple universes but what they did was provide you with multiple strangers in a set you know mm. um which were focused around wanders uh
0: motivation and with um america chavez yeah there yeah so America Chavez, as we mentioned a little underserved but she's in the universe now and, yeah exactly and she feels which like is a great character that, that can have a jumping off point now yeah. where, wherever they want to use her in the future.
1: it was great seeing Wong as the Sorcerer Supreme mm-hmm. as well uh, so this I you know I really enjoyed this uh, movie and I can never really just pick one and I have to say my other one for 2022 would be Wakanda Forever mm-hmm. Um. And That's my one, yeah. primarily because, as well, of the introduction of Namor, I, which I loved that whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it, it did the same thing in this movie that seeing Wakanda in the first movie did for me as yeah. well.
0: Like it was just fantastic. Yeah, absolutely love the movie. I felt like we only just talked about it uh, very recently though, so I have no nothing new to share other than I really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> no. It's- both of them were spectacular mm-hmm. both of them were special it's the one thing i do love about marvel like for i can find enjoyment in pretty much everything they do mm-hmm. yeah. um like even if like there was definitely episodes and endings of like moon like the ending of moon knight where we had two big cgi battles like yeah you can focus in on the detract- detraction through that but actually, the rest of it else was so good that it was worth it. When you look at Wakanda Forever, yeah, the like I could easily point out one or two things. Like I actually, do you know what I wish this? But what they Ryan Coogler gave us was just Mwah. like it was Definitely. fantastic. Yeah. And when you think we got Sam Raimi back within the superhero show, mm-hmm. like he is yeah. now back. And he's involved in Evil Dead again. Like we're going back to the nineties. There's rumors that he might be back with Tobey Maguire and Spider Man. Like everything that was hip is hip again, people. Um, but actually, beyond that, I even enjoyed Thor: Love and Thunder. Hmm. Was it the greatest of the the of the year? No, wasn't. And that's the same of what uh, a lot of our, our listeners also thought. It got four percent, yeah. where uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special got three, so it's second last. I, but like, I, f- I
0: feel like that's partly my fault. Uh, everybody only gets one choice. So um, so if people want, liked more than one movie, they could only choose one. So that's, that's, fair. Part, that's partly my fault. And also Gardens Galaxy only came out a couple of weeks ago and is definitely a Christmas movie. So people could be saving it uh, for the family sitting yes, around on exactly. Christmas Day. So um, so I feel like Gardens of the Galaxy might have gotten a little uh, lower hand in that one. But I, I will agree with you, Chris thor love and thunder like a hundred times better than ragnarok so uh so it was yes, the, it's the second definitely. best Thor movie i think yeah
1: best uh, best uh screaming goat movie yes, ever of the year. As well oh my gosh. for yes. sure so,
2: i still love that i still have that every now and again just kind of randomly <laughs> Sorry, just makes me giggle yeah. um i i want to bring in one thing which mm-hmm. was a breath of fresh another breath of fresh air this year which was Werewolf by Night. hmm yeah. This had the potential of being the WTF uh, special presentation. Like, what is, what is Marvel doing here? Mm-hmm. Why are we getting this? Like, it's about Jack Russell, literally a Jack Russell werewolf. Like, oh my God, is that man thing? Wait, he's a, he's a composer who's directing this? Mm-hmm. Like, looking at all of these parts, you're like, oh no, this is... Oh, no, this might be bad. Oh, no, is this the misstep that every little angry nerd on the internet wants Marvel to get? And no, this was spectacular in the music, the composition, the angles, the lights, the story, the way it was shot, the character, and, like, literally this buddy cop between a werewolf and a man thing, like, (laughs) to the point where... I want to see a buddy cop show about Werewolf by Night and Man Thing, yeah, just more, like literally, I want that now because it was just fun. And, and it's
0: and, and another actor I never thought we'd see in the MCU Gale, Garcia Bernal like, he's, he's such a well respected actor who seems to always have something going on yeah. in, in his pockets of indie cinema and you can see why he would be really attracted to doing something really unusual within the Marvel Universe you know uh, what Michael Gianquino delivered was so interesting in itself as you said Chris you know a composer who's worked in s- for so many movies got Oscars got Emmys for his music work and watching that documentary of how much time he used to spend as a kid making movies with his friends that being able to realize that in the mcu with his own special movie in this weird corner of the marvel universe just worked so well i think yeah. all of that added to my enjoyment of uh, of werewolf by night as well
1: absolutely you know it was an homage uh, mm-hmm. to those horror classics black and white horror classics of the 30s yeah. hammer house it, of horror exactly it was and as well the making of really just added a whole le- new layer yeah. to um to the actual special presentation mm-hmm. because yeah. you really got to understand um the director here and what he likes and this is in his wheelhouse as a director you yeah. know I, it, even to the point where it's I'll do werewolf by night yeah. you know as a as a character
2: i'll, I'll call out it- we obviously did cover the the, the Marvel Assembled uh, as part of our kind of shows as well. Director by night for me was the best of all of them.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because definitely.
2: I again I think most we we all kind of agreed on it in that it was the first time it was some of them have lent more into the marketing y yeah. kind of promo aspect of and we understand we've the talked about multiple yeah. times why. Yeah. This was a making of the making of the director like this was a making of the composer slash director like it was his story made by his brother it was just again different Mm -hmm. and that's everything about what this show was this special presentation was and i want more that's kind of where like i think a lot of people have said like we just want more of these kind of weird one-offs where they spend a bit of a couple of million and they just let this director or writing team go crazy
1: definitely i mean that's what I just enjoyed about it. It was just like that fresh perspective, like you say. Um, and the only thing was, it could have been on Halloween. I guess it felt weird it being. I mean, it was in the month of October, but it. Yeah,
3: yeah, it,
2: it was. Uh, that was a strange. Because uh, like, we were expecting that they were releasing something else on Halloween, and it was like, no, it yeah, didn't. Yeah, it just, just... hocus pocus too.
0: <laughs> Just setting up the uh, the service for uh, for people that w- are watching their thirty Halloween movies uh, yeah. for Halloween, I guess. Um, one other massive movie that we talked about uh, last year as well, Matt Reeves' The Batman, um, starring Robert Pattinson and Paul Dano and Zoe Kravitz. Um, like what a a way to come out of the gate with a brand new version of Batman. There's a lot of complaints that people have about Batman that, that he's the only DC character that seems to get a focus at all and it's like every three or four years we have a new batman on in movies or a new animated batman there's so many different versions of them what new story is there left to tell and finally we got the detective batman the one that a lot of comic book fans have been waiting for and feel has been lacking in the past and played by Robert Pattinson, you know, like everybody forgets how good an actor he is. sparkly vampire. Exactly. <laughs> you know? sparkles sparkle. And for some reason, go back to him being a sparkly vampire in three crappy movies. You know, he's done some amazing films. Tenet was fantastic. He did a yeah. great job in that. He's done some amazing underground movies. Uh, the Lighthouse is a, 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 an excellent movie where he's uh, he's won awards for that. And then he comes back to the comic book universe, to this nerd universe and marks a big stamp on a brand new version of the Batman. I think there's so much to be said about that movie and what and what they delivered when there was so much against them from yeah. delivering it. And, you know, it's not, again, it's not a film for everybody, but that in, a, in itself is its own charm. They didn't go for the tentpole movie. They went for a great version of the Batman. Here.
1: That's it. And I, I mean... They had the Riddler as it has his antagonist, which I so good. Yeah, I mean, love the Riddler as a character. You had the Penguin
0: in there as well, Mm -hmm. played by Colin Farrell. Mm -hmm. Um, Last time we saw him in a a comic book movie, it was uh, as Bullseye.
1: Yeah, uh, exactly. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, it was it was phenomenal, and um, it is just a shame that DC somehow can't get its act together on some of its other properties. I mean, I love yeah. Wonder Woman. I haven't, uh, haven't seen Black Adam now. I just miss that, unfortunately, yeah. because it's got Dr. Fate in, which yeah. I would love to see uh, on the screen. Uh, yeah. I remember getting so excited with Dr. Fate's mask being teased in um, Constantine. And so I really wish... You know, it's like the the whole thing going on with superman at the moment that's happened with uh, henry cavill yeah so but i love batman um yeah. yeah for sure.
0: Yeah. Well look, we've got brand new people behind the scenes now uh, over in over in DC Universe. I know a lot of our our listeners will know that James Gunn is now heading up the yeah. the co-lead of uh, of DC Entertainment. They're uh, making lots of cuts, making lots of changes so that they can sweep the decks clear as they say a new broom uh, sweeps clean, yep. right? So that's where they're at at the moment. They're saying as early as January we will have announcements about the movies that are coming up. They're yep. still Shazam Fury of the Gods coming out next year, sequel to a movie we all love. Yeah, we all Blue really Beetle. Shazam. Uh Blue Beetle is still on the schedule as far as I know. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> so, well, no, it uh, is
2: confirmed that they've released the artwork for it and it is literally confirmed for twenty twenty three. Black Adam two has been cancelled as of recording the day last night. Yeah. With The Rock confirming that They're not moving forward with the next project, but he may be back in other projects. Mm -hmm. Uh, Superman is being rebooted. Wonder Woman is being rebooted. Matt Reeves' Batman is getting a sequel, but not confirmed if this will be in the same DC universe as right now Mm -hmm. as this new upcoming universe. Uh, James Gunn has not confirmed it, neither has Matt Reeves. They have said they are in active discussion.
0: Yeah. I think I think the most interesting version I heard of that story was uh, from James Gunn himself saying that there is going to be an Else Worlds in the DC universe. Yes. Um, and a lot of those stories can still be contained in Else Worlds. So similar to what we have in Marvel in Marvel movies with their multiverse, these would be stories that don't yes. fit into the DCU. But I do think there's a lot of criticism that's leveled at DC for not getting their act together when they've had something like The Joker, which was massive and got yeah. Oscar. That was great. the batman was absolutely huge this year you know they have had massive successes what they haven't had is a connected dceu yes. no matter how many people put that stamp on their movies that never happened there was never a connected dceu there was what what um Zack snyder was doing with his five characters and there was always unique and interesting projects going on throughout dc they just haven't had the same kind of success and never were building towards the same kind of uh, movie universe as the marvel marvel uh, universe was doing so i'm interested to see what james gunn is now going to be building towards their their concept is 10 years of a connected universe of movies and um, that he's going to be involved in the set of that so it's going to be interesting to see how you build that up now when people are getting the, let, let's say the most wide broadest audience is now no longer in for another ten movie series, leading to a big movie, uh, a big movie setup that doesn't seem to be where cinema goers are, are are going towards now anymore. So Marvel have changed that, as we said before. Their focus is going on uh, niche audiences looking for um, movies that may cost a little less to make, but are still making profits out of uh, audiences that haven't been served by their movies in the yeah. past. How is DC going to address that? Because going for an audience of a billion people is seems to be no longer possible, no longer as possible as it was in the past.
2: Yeah. Um, well, we'll, well, we'll. I think it's, it, we do have the Secret War and then Kang Dynasty. Yeah. So we're still going to get that kind of Avengers kind of endgame level, yeah. Infinity War level. I think it's just, you're right, they're going to put all the niches and then slowly build the blocks. Yeah. Let's wait and see with DC. Like okay. we said, we have Flash, we have Aquaman, we have Blue Beetle, and Shazam all in the next kind of twenty four months.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, if the Flash comes out, yep. that's a that's a whole other beast of a like. There is a term, um, morbidly curious.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I
2: am a hundred percent morbidly curious. About this car crash TV that is the production of that film uh, in the what will be more the actual um pr of that with uh with ezra miller they are a, a a well-known kind of to what i can see a very talented actor they are um mm. but unfortunately they have some issues which has caused multiple um PR disasters. <laughs> like yeah, and yeah,
0: uh, and yeah it's, it's a difficult uh, situation for a studio that's uh, that's pitting hopes on a, a movie that's cost a lot of money to make at this stage. Yep. And uh, if if the rumors are to be un, uh, to be believed about the amount of edits that movie's gone through because of various changes behind the scenes in uh, in. The, in DC alone just cutting out cameos from people and cutting out major major roles from people that have now moved on from DC it, it, when it does come out I, I'm, I'm very yeah. intrigued to see it. Yeah. Uh, I do love Flash as a character so uh, I'd be intrigued to see it uh, Those are our movies uh, from 2022. Um, we also cover some fantasy TV shows uh, so I've bundled all those together. Uh, our three big fantasy shows that we covered last year um, and one that has only just come out so we, we know uh, our fellow uh, listeners haven't, heard, haven't watched any that but um we have covered the lord of the rings the rings of power uh, the end of the wheel of time the witcher season two and now the witcher blood origin i'm not gonna ask you guys to spoil anything at all about blood origin uh, because yeah. uh, people may not have seen it just yet um biggest show of the year for us really one of the biggest shows that we've done is the rings of power lord of the rings the rings of power uh, a massive massive show uh huge amount of money uh, put behind it uh, by amazon uh, an approach for this show unlike pretty much any other because um they're committed to five seasons of that show uh film, yeah. season two is already in filming and in, uh, now moved to the uk production moved from uh, move from new zealand to the uk um and there was a lot of groundwork set in this in this first season. We talked about it quite a lot, John. Uh, that this is setting up a lot of things that will come and pay off down the line. Um, but still, a lot of a lot of really enjoyable uh, episodes. I
1: mean, I, I think there was a lot of payoff and, and setup for stuff that happened mm. in season one, yeah. notably in episode six, with effectively the creation of Mordor mm-hmm. and the eruption of Mount Doom. That was fantastic, uh, yeah. as well as the you know having spent most of the season in the presence of sauron mm-hmm. uh guessing not knowing having sauron be revealed oh, yeah. um in his non-armored form mm-hmm. uh, so that that was really you know, there was a lot of payoff there i i thought in the end season one was massively well connected and set up yeah i think on the wheel of time possibly that was more a 2021 i think most of the episodes
0: we covered <laughs> i know was I, I, we released in, one episode in yeah. 2022 and recorded it in 2022 so i have to count it but i have to say i absolutely uh
1: loved the wheel of time uh as well and i think i'm currently uh about to finish the third book and go on to the fourth so i'm really enjoying the books and uh, so i'm really looking forward to um Season two of the Wheel of Time, just with, you know, new characters, but very familiar for me, um, mm-hmm. you know, with those, the, I, I guess those, the, those, that familiarity with the Lord of the Rings yeah. uh, in that sense, but different. And that's the whole point, you know, yeah. like a lot of this. Um, so I really enjoyed that. So I think it's slightly undersold here <laughs> <laughs> with it just being one episode. and um, and the Witcher season two, mentioned this in the blood origins and with the fact that i was just really pleased to be back in this world Mm -hmm. for this kind of you know four episode sort of special presentation with blood origins but witcher season two really for me it just able to get back into this world because it is for me very different Um, and it's it's a very different sensibility and i think that is very much down to the origins and the source material that the you know the original uh, author uh, of the books mm-hmm. brought from which was pulling it from you know polish traditions yeah. and, and eastern Eastern European traditions, yeah. it's, it, there's a real different flavor there to it, which I really, really enjoy.
0: It is, it is and it's interesting, isn't it? Like, uh, Andrzej Sapkowski, who wrote the books, I only uh, only got the opportunity to read one of the Witcher books last year after watching the two seasons of the show. And I have to say, I think the show is doing a better job of being engaging in how it's delivering uh, its story. I think the, the book that I read, at least uh, the first one, um, didn't make me want to continue uh, on into that world. Um, the show is making me want to continue, and yeah. now The Witcher Blood Origin, which, as I say, we're not going to go into any kind of detail on, but it's also kept me engaged in the world, and I'm looking forward to uh, the next season of The Witcher. Uh, I will say one thing about uh, Lord of the Rings: The Rings of Power as well. Um, while I really did enjoy it last year, it also uh, delivered my favorite review of the year that we got for for TV podcast industry. And I know Chris, <laughs> uh, you weren't here for uh, for The Rings of Power, so you weren't you weren't on here. So I'll share the, the my favorite review of the year. Uh, four-star review on Apple Podcasts, which says, um, just listening to these two random dudes talk about the show, <laughs> fine with me. They notice everything, it seems. I'm looking for a pod- podcast about the Rings of Power. This could be it. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> review of our podcast. I, I'm I'm quite impressed. Thank you very much for that, Rob Major. Um,
2: Rob Major, I please follow up with a second review, letting me know whether... This was it. Exactly. That's all I was it? it? Was it not it? That's all it's the question. It's the dot dot dot. It's yes. the ellipses here that just give it that exactly. sense. And je ne sais quoi.
1: <laughs> we want to know whether we ultimately were your podcast
0: for this. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's brilliant. So three
0: different flavours of uh, of fantasy shows last year, I would say.
2: Yeah, very much so. Yeah. For me, my heart lies with Wheel of Time. It will always heart- lie with. I am more Wheel of Time than I am Lord of Rings. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually technically even more David Eddings than I am Robert Jordan for the Wheel of Time.
0: Waiting for those shows to start getting made and picked up oh, somewhere. They will. Like
2: he's got four different flavors of those, uh-huh. plus like two others, like that are just standalone books. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me. Yeah, Wheel of Time was the special one for me. I I love the Witcher series, I love the universe, I love the games. Mm-hmm. And I do enjoy Lord of the Rings. For me Lord of the Rings has always been the 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 college academic version where <laughs> you have the Witcher which is the kind of HBO and then the Wheel of Time which is the kind of popcorn. It's the popcorn kind of kind of fantasy for me. Yeah. It's just a good bit of action in between and everything like there's a lot of setup Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, I love myself a good fantasy. I have to say, um, and I, I would really hope, um, that David Eddings be fantastic. Yeah, uh, for me, one of my little offshoots, um, would be Joe Abercrombie. Oh yeah, uh, oh, yes. which I'd love to see as
2: well. Yeah, yeah. um, they're fantastic. You know,
1: yeah. so I mean, sometimes they're difficult to translate, but yeah.
0: um, yeah, I, I would love yeah. to see those. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah. we are getting Dark Tower in about two years yeah. from mm. uh, Mike Flanagan. That's yeah. true
0: that'll be very interesting i i still obviously uh, have not read uh, the book um it would give me enough time to read it because i understand there's a, it's quite a massive book even for there's Stephen
2: multiple King, books so. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: exactly so yes. um so yeah an, an interesting year of fantasy uh, i know there's a couple of uh, a couple of shows we'll talk about in in the uh, shows we missed this year as well which are other flavors to uh, to fantasy but you know the the elephant in the room of, about fantasy is that you know Gerard tolkien is is seen as the grandfather of modern fantasy certainly and the the one that created the tropes and created the concepts and seeing how many different flavors of fantasy are now out there uh in on tv on in in this kind of long form storytelling that we're getting with tv and seeing how different they are you know it's it, you might have elves in every single show but all of them have been different you might have dwarves yeah. in every show all of them have been different flavors so it is really great that they've been able to bring something like rings of power to life for its first season and that we know we're going to get lots more of it so uh, i can understand why that was the the one that was voted highest of those three shows this year uh
2: You can get dragons in multiple shows, but only one of them will give you incest. Multiple times. Well, exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Game of Thrones, House of Dragons. That's show the we did not cover, we, but there we, you
0: go. A show we did not cover, no. Uh, let's get on to some of the other shows we did cover for last year in our last section of our review of, uh, of 2022. Uh, the other shows we covered last year, uh, The Sandman, The Boys Season 3, The Boys Diabolical, Star Trek Picard Season 2, Umbrella Academy Season 3 and Pennyworth Season 3. Lots of Season 3s and Season 2s last year. Uh, I mentioned it before in the podcast. It's my favourite thing coming back to a show and seeing what to do with the characters after that first season big bang cuz sometimes they kind of run out of story and they don't go anywhere for the second season. Sometimes they're able to really develop those characters and create something brand new, you know. Um there's not that many people in the world that would call the best season of The Walking Dead the first ever season or the best season of Lost the first ever season or the best season of Supernatural the first ever season. People find their favorites. As seasons go on, as they become fans, as they get to know those characters, uh, there, of course, will be some people. But there's not as many, right? Uh, so I love when shows are expanding. and We got lots of big follow-ups this year. Uh, let's quickly talk about The Boys Season 3. Um, oh, yes. And one of the reasons I want to talk about that is uh, you guys don't see our numbers uh, very often. Um, but interestingly, I crunched the numbers today for all of our podcasts for the year. And number one podcast for the year as it has been every time a season has been released, is The Boys. Um, season three, it had more listenership than any of our other podcasts. Um, double or triple some of the podcasts we had out this year. And even more interestingly, of every episode of the year, our number one episode of the year, what, can you guys guess what it was? I'll, I'll throw it over to Chris, because John might have heard me say this a couple of months ago. But I I'll think throw it over to Chris. I know. Chris, do you. know. It was HeroGasm. It yes, really
2: was. I yes. knew it. Like you're like, uh, you're like <laughs> they marketed the hell out of that. Yep. We marketed the hell out of that. Mm-hmm. Everyone marketed the hell out of HeroGasm.
1: And it's definitely when you give a PG podcast an un-PG <laughs> episode <laughs> yep. and you can spread the innuendo
2: around. Yep. No yep. innuendo.
0: <laughs> we had to try so hard not to say things that we aren't allowed to say on our PG podcast uh, yep. throughout that. And I think that was the fun of, uh, of doing it. I think a lot of our listeners found that a lot of fun as well. So uh, so yeah, thank you so much to all of you downloaded it. it is, and I'm even talking unique downloads here. I'm not even talking about like the people that might have just checked it out for a second uh, it was 100% the biggest podcast that we that we did last year uh, was heracasm um so uh, excellent stuff uh, the boy the boy season 3 once again you know another uh, great take from eric kripke and the and the makers behind the show where they're really bringing to life a story yes it's shocking yes this moments of that that you couldn't show on tv to a lot of people but the storyline <laughs> itself Is really working very well. It's going hand in hand with stuff that you're seeing in news headlines and they're translating it into a really interesting story. So once again, I think they accomplished the goal. I I
1: think as well, it is just the the joy of watching a program that, and it's the same as podcasting about it, where you're having to subvert in a sense. It feels like subverting the censor. You're having to get around this (laughs) framework of rules. Yeah. In our case, it, it, it's <laughs> it's double, triple innuendos yeah. of some description or just, you know, fairly um, descriptive ways of describing appendages or mm-hmm. whatever, or particular bloody scenes. And I, I just get the feeling Kripke is doing the same in terms of what he can put on TV. And yet there is a story and a, and a good one yeah. behind yeah. it all, um, which is where... The detractors, because of the gore, the swearing, the 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 flagrant orgasms being done, um, and <laughs> is missing the point. But yeah. that yeah. is the fun part about it as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and Eric Kripke, in fairness, has said he's never actually been censored. He nope. pushes it as far as he as he feels they can go, and he's never been told no yet. So, um, so that's the that's one of the interesting parts. And also, season three of The Boys has led to possibly. Um, the funniest version of art imitating life that i've seen so far wow, yes. with um let's just call him 45 still um basically now selling nft cards with him dressed up as homelander <laughs> and not seeing the irony of it no
2: that's like, the sort of the best of know. absolutely
0: <laughs> insane that the world has gone to a place where you can push things to this extreme that they pushed them at In The Boys, somebody sees it and goes, oh, they're making a show about me and takes it on board as a way to advertise themselves. Anyway, I thought that was hilarious.
2: Speaking Mm. of swinging and misses, and Mm. I don't usually go into the negative, but this year we did cover a show which is, I think, literally only probably last, second last because The Boys Diabolical wasn't animated. But Star Trek Picard season two. Definitely. This, unfortunately, I think we all agreed, probably just, like, we loved the, we really enjoyed the first season. There was some kind of ups and downs, but it overall came together really well. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Season two just had some, and I, I looked back when we were, when, Derek kind of was pulling together doc on this, and we were kind of discussing what we would kind of pull. I did think back, and I was sitting down, and I was like, oh, yeah, they. oh, God, they did, oh, my God, they did that again. And literally then they closed off parts of it with kind of Wesley Crusher coming back and giving us some one bits and two. But we called so much of it, I think, in the first two episodes. We're like, mm-hmm. okay, they're going to do this, this, and, and they didn't zig and then zag. They just, it was just a straight line of, yeah, we pretty much... Yeah. Understood where they were going and what they are doing and why they were like it felt like one long um one long storyline to get us to a point where they can do the season 3 that they wanted to do with everyone else coming back get the marketing and then send everyone home. And but- I it's still kind of I'm still upset by it. Yeah. Not upset. Excuse me. That sounds like I'm actually really over dramatically. <sighs> I think I'm just kind of like, oh, like you took a swing. You missed. Let's move on to season three next year.
3: Yeah.
1: Like at least they've managed to hold on to that final season, season mm-hmm. three after season two, because it was the biggest disappointment for me. And I think made more so because I think other than the, the whole flower thing at the end of season one which was a little (laughs)
2: weird i
1: I enjoyed season one mainly because of that focus with the romulans and, and everything and with the borg yeah um it was just really kind of good star trek and the first two episodes of season two for me had real yeah. potential. Yeah. And there were parts of it that I love dotted throughout, but that potential just wasn't realised. It was and I think for one of the, the the main issues that I had was just that breaking up of the group um in yeah. across the, the season. You know they'd been pulled together in such a great way in season one, and then you know for various reasons, as you know, COVID, pr- COVID pra- well, exactly, COVID practically costs. as much as the story having to be written around it. It yeah, it but just there's, felt there's, like it, they
0: it was yeah. disassembled. Yeah. yeah, we we gave it we gave it quite a lot of a pass. You know, understand the issues with COVID filming, but there was a decision to be made by somebody in corporate CBS who produces the show, uh, Paramount, um, who produced the show where they could have said, right, we need to stop this filming. There's somebody here that's uh, that we don't want to put at risk, so we should stop the filming here and come back to it in a year's time or six months' time. And somebody pushed through with it. Somebody decided yeah. to continue that show and absolutely shouldn't have. It okay. ended off showing on screen more than any other show I've watched. I've seen soap operas, that had a better way of filming COVID (laughs) filming. Um, This was literally, right, we're going to have to film in a room. We can only have these two characters. And since those two characters filmed there today, we're probably going to have to film with them for the next month. And then we might be able to get another scene with another character. It really felt badly put together under the constraints they had. And I just wish they'd waited. I'm really hopeful for the final season of Picard. I love Patrick Stewart, I love his character. I love the cast of The Next Generation and the ones that they brought back from uh, with, with Seven and Nine, a, a fantastic character. The new characters that were brought on board from Star Trek uh, Picard Season 1, uh, really enjoyed all of them, really enjoyed having them back for a second season, but it felt like somebody should have put the brakes on yeah. and made a better season out of what they had because they had the yeah. elements that could have made a great show. A great show.
2: Very much. And look, that's that was the swing and the miss. Let's talk about the swing and the home run this year. Mm-hmm. Yes. We got one show that has been in production for 20 odd years mm-hmm. in some form or the other. Uh, film, TV shows, animated, you name it, has been apparently. But finally, this year, we got, let's say, the silver screen, the golden screen, whatever, the, the TV screen, laptop screen uh, version of The Sandman.
3: Morpheus, yes, the king
2: of dreams, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lord of the Lord of the Sleep, has come to uh, fruition.
0: Absolutely, and the king of our other TV shows, forty-one uh, percent of the vote, uh, giving Sandman the best uh, other TV show we covered uh, this year. And I think it's entirely possible that if we put every show up uh, against each other, we may have ended off with the Sandman um, coming out very high. Uh, yes, obviously we have lots of Marvel fans in our group obviously we have lots of Lord of the Rings fans in our group as well but um, the Sandman being brought to life as well as it was and delivering a promise that was made by Neil Gaiman when he was selling the rights to the show that he would never let it go and be made poorly if he could, if, if he had any say in it. And he has always had a say in it. Chris, you've mentioned this has been in production for 20 years. The reason it's taken 20 years is because Neil Gaiman has cut down and shut down at every single avenue. Anybody who is trying to mistreat his. Grand creation, the one thing that he holds really close. So uh, hearing those stories again over the years, I've heard loads of them in interviews with him and and books that that he's written over the years uh, showing how much he was willing to uh, go up against the Hollywood system at the time or the TV system to make sure that his precious little dream eventually got uh, the, what, what it deserved. It's fantastic to know we're going to get a season 2. I don't think we knew that until we recorded our final ever podcast on, on our final podcast on season uh, season 1 of, of the Sandman but we know we're getting a season 2 probably going to be another year or so uh, in production. Uh, rumors that season 2 is going to have um, going to be split in a number of ways similarly to the final episode of Sandman being released a couple of weeks after the show was released. Uh, rumors now they're going to be releasing in either 3 episode or uh, 3 episode arc or two halves. Uh, Netflix are trying to do that a bit more now because their their drop and run model is shockingly not working. Um, so, really hopeful that we're going to get a weekly show for Sandman for a while. That would be great, or at least a couple of episode arcs. That would be a great way to do the show. I did. Yeah. I did feel you could easily have done that with uh, with the first season of Sandman. But so many fantastic stories brought to screen. You know, we 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 saw twenty four seven a very violent uh, nightmare story brought to the screen for the first time and done in such a great way oh, uh, yeah. on tv we saw mm. the incarnation of death coming to life uh, on tv in such an amazing way you know lines taken from the comic but translated to a brand new uh, version of the character and making us all ball our eyes out uh, you know <laughs> and, a, and a fantastic storyline through it i could spend all day again talking about saman as we did uh, multiple times uh, you guys got anything else to say about saman
1: I mean, as the newbie, having not read mm-hmm. the comics, uh, but being a massive fan of Neil Gaiman mm-hmm. uh, and the comics that he has done elsewhere as well, yeah. um, I I loved it as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, again, I think I scored pretty much every episode very, very highly, yeah. uh, probably more fives out of five than the shorter series that was uh, Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. So I absolutely loved it, and um, I thought Morpheus was amazing, Lucifer Morningstar, and mm-hmm. um, just really well done. Lots of intrigue there. You have the character John D in mm-hmm. there as well, just, like, so well realized, so creepy. Yeah. Um, it was fantastic, coupled with the amazing... um as I say, the the death episode introduced to death, and then with this amazing historical journey at mm-hmm. the end as well, um, at the pub, effectively, yeah. uh, with the meeting of oh, yeah. Morpheus and Hobgadling, um, you know, through the ages, mm-hmm. just fantastic, fantastic yeah, yeah. seeing Shakespeare, right. having, um, the the lady Constantine involved there as well mm-hmm. Joanna uh, Joanna,
0: uh, really really good yeah yeah, yeah. It, it
3: was
2: what it a was show. a great it was a great show
0: yeah. what a show Kirby Hale-Baptiste as death just fantastic uh, yeah. yeah can't wait for uh, can't wait for season two of that show uh, we had another returning show coming back for season three but with a bit of a different twist on it and the biggest surprise of the year for me at least.
1: Compared to what I thought we would be covering, uh, starting the year off was mm. Pennyworth season three. Yes. Which suddenly appeared. And now I think this is the show that will never die. I'm yeah.
2: half expecting. <laughs> it <that> is EastEnders <laughs> or Carnation <laughs> Street It is. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm half expecting a season four mm-hmm. just pulled, um, out of thin air at a convention in the near future. I'm absolutely convinced of it, but I did not think, uh, that we would be um, covering a season three at the start of 2022 uh, for Pennyworth. Um, I just didn't... Or I
0: chose to forget it. I don't know one of those... You, so, you chose to forget it because the, the announcement came out in November last year because the big change <laughs> for, I wasn't uh, for Pennyworth <laughs> was that Pennyworth was bought by HBO Max or moved to HBO Max for the first time. It had always been on Epics in the US and uh, on a very small channel called Stars in Europe. Uh, HBO Max. Put the first two seasons of Pennyworth on their on their platform in January of this year, and then season three, which was filmed uh, last year, uh, appeared on the platform in October and and ran through to December. Uh, lots and lots of our listeners for Pennyworth were contacting us for the first time, saying that they'd only just caught Pennyworth and catching up on it for the first time, or were were actually really enjoying the show, um, because they'd never had an ability to watch it before. You know, subscribing to another streaming service that only had Pennyworth available doesn't really make sense for a lot of people, but when you have HBO Max in the US and it's another show that's on there, hey, you try it out and you catch Mm up. Uh, I think it's a real surprise to a lot of people how much work goes into that show and how uh, how surprising it is as a show. I think every week, even after covering that for three seasons and Gotham for five seasons, um, podcasting about it, uh, speaking to cast, speaking to people behind the show. I think even with all of that work that we do going into a podcast every week, something happened on Pennyworth that we were going. I did not expect that at all. I had no idea that was going to happen. I
3: think
1: it's quite unique, and certainly in terms of, particularly uh, from a DC perspective. I mean, you know, we were calling it their Hellaverse in terms of Bruno Heller Mm -hmm. uh, as the showrunner in in, and. Also, that would apply to Gotham as yeah. well that yeah. we covered. So it is very unique. Uh, I think yeah. it's got some fantastic um, design elements, but mm-hmm. it, it is also, I think, at its heart, really irreverent. Um, yeah. And it's, it's good. Yeah. It, it is good. Um, Bette Sykes, amazing. Mm-hmm. Glad she didn't die in the end. Spoilers. Um, but yeah, really good. <laughs>
0: We say light spoilers at the beginning. So
1: we're
2: okay, fine. Though. I'm looking forward to diving into it. I, mm-hmm. I it's been one that is uh, the, the boys have covered and I, I, I've always just kind of been back in the end. I miss season three. So yeah. it's kind of sitting there waiting for me to uh, devour over one, uh, course of a week or two. Um, but looking forward to it. We did cover one other season three. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the Umbrella Academy season three, which was hotel oblivion based obsidian i should say as well it was it was an interesting it was it was definitely an interesting ending it yeah. it, it looked very likely that we may not get a season 4 mm-hmm. and that was going to be the ending where our again light spoilers everyone kind of gets home and walks away with some changes and some differences and some unique elements to the end um and they went places with this show that we i think all of us were like yeah, that was not what we thought would happen. Did not expect that there. Yeah. And I'm interested to, looks like we are going to get a short season for, there's rumors about a six episode season, just Conf- to close things off.
0: Confirmed. Confirmed. confirmed as a six episode season uh, for the final season. Uh, Steve Blackman has taken to Twitter to uh, to confirm the rumors are true. Uh, the six episode final season, you'll love it, uh, is exactly uh, his his words. Um, <laughs> that, that was a quote from earlier on this week. So, uh, so we will have it rounded out. Um, Umbrella Academy season three had been finished a while before it was released onto Netflix for its final season. And it took a while to get confirmation that we would have a fourth season, but that has been granted and that they will have that opportunity to close out the show the way they want to. And that doesn't happen as often as we like to think it does. Um, So uh, we're, we we have had some shows that have just disappeared and gone. Uh, I think in one year we lost six shows that we're recovering without a a finale, um, which was a really awful year for us. Uh, So I'm really happy that we're going to get, a final go around the block with these, with these, uh, with these characters and, and actors. This team on Umbrella Academy, one of the things we absolutely love the as, as a show is that family unit that's there. They're all good performers and all great together. And some of them are really going to go on to big things in the future. And you sometimes feel they're being held back because they're staying on this show. So you don't want that to happen either. You want to know there's a finite timeline. They're going to end there. They're going to close out the show in hopefully a really great way. So I'm really looking forward to seeing at the fourth and final season. Yeah, yep, definitely. 100%. Yeah. Definitely.
2: Yes, but those are the shows that we did cover. There were some shows that we had hoped to cover in 2022, but we didn't get a chance to cover mm-hmm. just because of the short amount of time. Uh, very quickly, those were Legends of Vox Machina Season 1, Reacher, mm-hmm. Heartstopper, Chucky, mm-hmm. Interview with the Vampire mm-hmm. Wednesday, Star Wars show, like Boba Fett and Andor and Willow.
0: Mm. These were all on the schedule. Every single one of these uh, was on our schedule. Uh, I had a plan. um, We were going to fit them in. Somehow, some way, Um things like Legend of Vox Machina came out in February of this year, as as did Reacher uh, came out in February this year, both at exactly the same time, and we were uh, just starting off our coverage of Picard. We we had two weeks two weeks away that myself and John had to move out of our house. Uh, As those shows came out, I think, Uh, as far as I remember, you guys watched Legends of Ox Machina together on holiday. Yep. uh, And we handed over Reacher to you after we'd finished watching Reacher, Chris. So I know they were all at that time when we were going to be out of our homes. That was the reason why we didn't cover those those shows this year. But I know uh, you guys loved. Legend of Vox Machine. Uh, absolutely. Vox
2: Machina, critical Vox Machina, role. <laughs> I love critical role. I have since campaign one on Geek mm-hmm. and Sundry. I've been following them. I am a big D and D head. Yeah. So seeing this turned into a Kickstarter and then moving to Amazon, getting season one animated form of the campaign that i I watch live mm-hmm. being kind of role played out via D and D on online, uh, seeing these pieces come to life. Now getting season two in just a couple of weeks. I know. And confirmed season three.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, and some of the voice actors they brought. It was just, it was, if you've never watched it, it is just fantastic. Again, back into the fantasy world, but with an adult kind of turn of phrase in animated form. Just very, very fun.
1: Yeah. yeah absolutely yeah. love this. Um, and I, again, it was, yeah, just something that wasn't on, uh, my radar, but I, I wish we had covered it. It was so funny. It was just really good mm-hmm. animation, good story. Um, loved the characters. Uh So, yeah, th- this was a, a good one for yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Mark Bernardin of uh, Fat Man Beyond um, uh, and a number of the shows was one of the part of the writing staff. A number yeah. of other key writers that you, you'll know from kind of key shows that you enjoy were on it. And the animation was done by Titmouse, which is a really, really kind of well-known and kind of well-respected kind of animation studio. They, they're really, really, really good. But then you turned me on to Reacher, mm-hmm. Jack Reacher.
0: Yes, yes. Uh,
2: Holy mother of! Oh my god! <laughs> I I came into this show going, guys, no, come on, it's it's <laughs> like Tom Cruise. Oh, you like... see
0: that. That's where your problem is, Chris. I'm, I'm, exactly. a, I'm a Jack Reacher fan. I've I'm, I've read. I'm up to date actually on every single book. So twenty three um, Jack Reacher novels have been released, and I think five short stories, if I remember right, and and one offshoot. I think I've read every single one of the uh, the the. Um, main novels one comes out every year basically um so i've been up to date for years then the tom cruise movie came out i actually thought he did a reasonably good job but the one thing you couldn't get over was tom cruise is five foot two five foot three um he had the attitude of the character the stories that he produced on screen were pretty good what Reacher the tv show did was take one novel boil it down to its component parts boil it down to the very essence of what lee child delivers in a jack reacher novel which is basically you tell your story and at the end of every chapter you have a cliffhanger to get you to the next chapter and all you want to do is watch more and boiling jack reacher down to his central form where and now i've gotten to the point where i can't see anybody other than alan Richson play this role of reacher reacher yeah. gets quite old now the, the you know the the Books take place over about two or three weeks. So 23 books isn't a huge actual amount of time. So I could see Alan Richardson playing this role for about 10 years, getting a bit older as he goes, but still being able to play the role for the next 10 years Um, because he's exactly who I wanted. He's got such a presence on screen for someone who has... Um, a small amount of dialogue. I think he doesn't speak for most of the first episode if I remember rightly. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's such a good show. I absolutely loved it. Really enjoyed it. And I I know it, it had been on my radar from the time they were creating it Um, that we were going to cover on the podcast and then we just couldn't fit it in and they did that dastardly thing of dropping all episodes in one day so we couldn't even catch up on it uh, for the podcast. So uh, delighted it's, it's gone down as well as it has as well.
2: Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Should we talk about the elephant in the room? And or... Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like- I think we had even said we were going to cover that as well because we had done mm-hmm. Bad Batch. Um, and I think when we we're looking through, because obviously Star Wars have got that schedule, which is pretty epic with mm-hmm. Mandalorian. There was the Book of Boba Fett as well. And yeah. um, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. So... Yeah, I I so wish we had done Andor because oh. for me this is the one I absolutely loved. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the best um, shows of the year. Yeah. Best shows that we've not covered. Yeah, and we said we would.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I was like, ah, no, it honestly one of uh, take away Star Wars, the mythos. Yeah, and this still is one of the best shows of 2020
1: 100 absolutely like,
2: not it put it just in modern day or put it back into um world war Two, berlin like wherever you put this show in what settings it was well produced well written mm-hmm. like the 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 story it's it's the story of Resistance, a theme of resistance, yeah. of rebellion, yeah. not the characters' rebellion, not Jedi, not good versus evil, not, like, a Republic versus the, the Empire. It's just...
1: That's it. No the rebellion. No Jedi in it. And it felt absolutely a part of Star Wars yeah. because right. of the whole idea of the rebellion yeah. you know um just really really good it's a, um, it's a
0: show about how the how a rebellion does start you know um, that's
1: yeah. that's the how it's funded
2: it was, it was and, fantastic
1: and, yeah and i think you know it's it's one of those shows beautifully constructed mm-hmm. across yeah. uh the series this first series um Acting amazing. I mean, some of the the shots as well. I mean, just that end credit with the the laser dish going in just to the Death Star. Really fantastic. Mm. It really felt a part of the Rogue One world as well in that sense with just, you know, some amazing speeches of, you know, so... Relevant for some of the nuttiness that's yeah. happening um, in the world, Absolutely. as well.
0: Stellan Skarsgård is just oh, magnificent yeah, yeah. as yeah. an actor, and, and he gets one of the best speeches uh, in in the show, and probably one of the best speeches that Star Wars has ever produced. Uh, but one of our wonderful fellow defenders uh, did send a message uh, on the thread for for the the. Uh, Votes for this particular category, uh, saying I kept thinking that you guys were covering Andor, and then I go and check the feed and remember you weren't covering it, and it made me sad. Um, <laughs> I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. So we've given yes. some thoughts on it, Stevie. Uh, thank you so much for thinking of us uh, when you when you were thinking about your Andor podcast. But really, the reason for the, that we didn't cover this was at the time that the first episode of the show, or the first three episodes of the show came out. Remember, we were covering She-Hulk, we were covering Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Rings of Power. And we were also covering Sandman. So we were yeah. covering three shows at the time this started. There was just absolutely no way we were going to be fitting that in. And Chris was uh, also out of the country. Yes, I was I'm traveling. traveling so,
2: in, yeah. I was in Singapore. I was in California. Yeah. I was also in Dublin. Oh, I was Israel for a, a mm-hmm, week right. as that's well right. during then. And I think I rounded it out with uh, Brazil. Just, yeah. I went to San Pablo, you know, like, and that was all just work yep. in the space of Went Andor, I enjoyed watching this show on my tablet, on, on a plane, because <laughs> it was great. Yeah. yeah. But couldn't really cover it as a podcast, unfortunately. Exactly.
0: Exactly. And even, even if you had been home with three of the shows going on, there's no way with we could fact. have put it in. But it's yeah. such, it's such a good show. Uh, I'm, I'm glad so many people enjoyed it as well. And um, three of the best queer shows of the year, uh, we definitely need to talk about. And, and definitely we're going to cover on the podcast, uh, Heartstopper, an absolutely heartbreaking and wonderful show. Highly yeah, recommend fantastic. I think I've watched it about uh, two or three times. As well. Great music. Uh, soundtrack is fantastic. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I think, you know, for a lot of people, Chucky, um, mm-hmm. I think when I heard it was going to, it was coming to TV because I, I loved, uh, I think certainly the first two movies Child's of play. this. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was like, I don't see how this is going to work. Mm-hmm. And it just works so well. Really um, nice. really, really good. Yeah. Absolutely right in my horror area. Um,
0: for, TV, which yeah. is great. Yeah. The way for anybody who wants to listen, the way I describe it is, uh, is it's like Ash versus Evil Dead, the TV show. Um, that yeah. was such a good representation of those characters, the comedy that they had, the uh, the violence and and, uh, and utter bloody mayhem that's going on. Chucky is the spiritual successor to that show. I'd yeah. say, yeah, um, yeah, absolutely love it. Uh, hoping we're gonna get a third season of that as well.
2: And then speaking of our, mm-hmm. Derek got one of his. All-time favourites.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, Anne Rice's uh interview of the Vampire, the first of her uh of her shows, uh the 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 Anne Rice Vampire Chronicles uh brought to TV. Uh slight change, uh well quite a significant change from the books in the timeline moving to New Orleans yeah. in nineteen twenty, but wow, this this show was magnificent. Yeah. Every single week watching Interview with the Vampire, um just on tender hooks and ecstatic about how well they were translating it from the books. Even though they would made changes to to adjust the timeline and make the uh, and make the storylines work, but I am I'm absolutely flabbergasted. I suppose as a, as a word for it, <laughs> about how it was well really they produced superb. this? Yeah, yeah, really superb. Um, so
1: definitely check uh, interview with mm-hmm. the vampire out. Yeah, another show that I certainly had no hopes, no hopes for. Nope. wasn't on my radar. I don't particularly not that into the Adams family mm-hmm. um and <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> no problem. Uh, but I thought Wednesday was
0: superb it I was. absolutely really really enjoyed it yeah yeah it was such a fun show um just I, anybody I know that's that's picked it up and, and tried a couple of episodes of it has really enjoyed it just the uh, sardonic character yes. of Wednesday Adams It works so well. Jenna Ortega is playing out of her skin uh, on the show. Uh, Shades of the first season of Riverdale. And I think a lot of people forget how good the first season of Riverdale actually was before it went to absolute trash after the second (laughs) or third season. (laughs) uh, Where it was just a show about uh, how quickly can they get their shirts off. Well, yeah, uh, it became softcore, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Um, And and forgot about all storylines. But uh, Wednesday is... A really good show, great fun. Uh, yeah. Definitely a good watch over the uh, over the holiday period if you have some time off. And finally, the one that we yeah. really are sorry that we didn't get to cover at the end of this year, uh, Willow. Um We were able to get the first seven episodes of Willow in advance and got to get a real feeling for the storyline. It was a movie that actually failed miserably at the box office, but has become a bit of a cult hit over the years. But still, not one that was up there with the George Lucas and and uh, and Steven Spielberg. Uh, big movies. Uh, So it was one of those shocks that they were doing a series about it. And we were kind of thinking this isn't going to work at all. But uh, that opening episode, you get a kind of a laid end of the universe. You get an idea of who all the major players are. (laughs) And from that point onwards, it really airs on this great, action comedy adventure yeah. um i'm i'm really really enjoying it right up until what we've seen uh, up until episode 7 it's a it's a great great storyline uh, i'm glad it's on tv and i'm hoping that that it's getting uh, the the viewership it deserves as yeah. uh, as it's available every week on on disney plus i
2: i i feel it's going to get more over christmas i think that's what the, the i think christmas will be a festive time where people will catch up because that's what i like personally haven't had a chance to dive in huge fan of the original right just haven't had time so i'm kind of putting aside a bit of time over the the holidays yeah. to kind of go deep they are certainly enjoying way.
0: playing with their audience as well they like uh, they like messing about with your expectations uh so a, a good a good fun show so those are all of the shows that we uh unfortunately had planned to cover but didn't get to cover there's loads of other shows that we would have uh would have also wanted to cover things like House of the dragon of course big game of thrones fans um but there are also about six thousand podcasts covering that show, we, so we didn't uh, feel the need uh, to chat about them ourselves. Uh, but interestingly, uh, of those shows, Andor was number one, but at thirty-one percent of the vote, it was quite widely spread uh, across the uh, the choices that we had available to us. Um, yep. Interview the Vampire and Reacher uh both twenty two percent of the vote uh that we got in for uh for shows that we should have covered uh and then uh some some interest in the other shows as well so uh so it's always always good to throw that out there with the audience and that and that's what I kind of like people know the- sh- types of shows we enjoy uh and yeah. I think they're pretty happy with a lot of the choices that we make of of shows that we're interested in so uh I'm happy we would have connected um with with uh, our audience (laughs) as well so we would have people listening to it basically a massive massive year for uh for us on tv podcast industries 100 episodes um tons and tons of shows loads of movies loads of things we couldn't cover um but thank you so much for staying with us throughout our coverage of uh of 2022 i think we're gonna go on and talk about some stuff that's upcoming for next year
1: Let's let's do it let us do it indeed 2023 we're coming
0: So yes, time to look into the crystal ball and see what's coming up in 2023. It's getting harder and harder every year to put together this list of what's coming up in the next year because so many shows get announced really early and so many shows do not have dates on them as to when they're coming out. So I have a list of the things that we think we're going to cover some are much more definite than others. Uh, we're kicking off the new year, uh, really early in the new year. In fact, earlier than we originally thought, uh, with the bad batch season two, uh, coming out on January 4th. So directly after the new year, we're going to be kicking, c- kicking back with Hunter, Wrecker, Omega, Echo, Tech and Crosshair on bad batch season two. I know they've released a brand new trailer, uh, for us just a couple of days ago. Um, I have had the chance to see the first episode of the second season as well. Um, guys.
2: Very good. Yeah. Lucky you. We are jealous. Yes. He did it without us, folks. He I did know. it without us. I did. I did. And um, you messed up as well.
0: I did slightly because we only get four views of, uh, of our preview episodes. Um, so I've watched one, so we may not be able to see it many, many, many times before <laughs> the podcast started, but it is again, back with these great characters, the, the clone force 99 from, uh, from the clone wars. So, um, there are some changes, uh, in the second season. It's going to get a bit darker. Uh, we, we understand there's a, uh, there is more allusions to, um, to the empire taking over think about Andor for kids uh is what i uh, yeah, what exactly. i'd say no. the bad batch season two is going to be playing with we're definitely going to get an appearance from the uh from the emperor uh in the next season which is going to be very interesting
2: and we may find out who is the author to the omega mm. or yes. who is just omega <laughs> yeah
1: yeah yeah no i mean the, the trailer's Looked really good mm-hmm. and, um, like I just, I love this style of animation. Yeah. Um yeah. it is Dave Filoni as well. He's involved, yeah. Um, is involved. Yeah. And I think in Dave Filoni, we trust. Yeah. So yeah. for sure, really looking forward to this yeah. and seeing how they progress this this story yeah.
0: um yeah for sure Agreed. It's gonna be fun. Uh, 15 episodes I think in total um for the season first two episodes are released in January 4th there's another two coming out in February uh back to back together and then it closes out the season with a double episode as well. So something that Star Wars hasn't done in the past at all in any of their shows. So, uh, so quite a, quite a lot of content there coming from the bad batch, but uh, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of fun had, yeah. uh, with the team uh, again, uh, another massive show coming out next year. And we took this from our poll over on our Facebook group. Um We kind of have to cover this, don't we? The The last of us, uh, all three of us are, are massive gamers. All three of us have played last of us one and two on, uh, on PlayStation. Um, Probably the best game, um, I think I've ever, uh, played and seen. Uh, it's one of my favorite games of all time. A fantastic story. Certainly the best story committed to games, I think is, is probably the way I'd describe it. Um, it's, it's excellent. I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do. Um, it looks, so good from the trailers. Uh, it's yeah. also coming from uh, the creator of the show uh, Chernobyl uh, on HBO, which was a stunning TV show. So uh, I'm really excited to see what uh, what they bring to the world yeah. of The Last of Us when it oh, kicks off on January 15th.
1: And I mean, the trailer has just those snippets of the clickers mm-hmm. um,
0: is just really yep. good. Yes, those yep. are some some of the their versions of zombies for those of you the unin, uninitiated.
2: Yes, and the original the original creative director Neil Druckmann has been involved from day one. Mm-hmm. The actual original voice actors of Troy Baker and Ashley Johnson, who kind of voice the characters yeah. in the original game, are uh, or in the games. I should say, mm-hmm. uh, are involved and are there. They they've been very truthful to the show, but it is an adaptation. So for those who are kind of going in, going, I played the game. I don't need to watch the show. Mm-hmm. You need to watch the It's gonna be. It's gonna be good.
1: Yeah, um, absolutely. It, it's kind yeah. of the you know. It's 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 where society falls down because of a really bad dose of athlete's foot. Effectively. <laughs> Pretty much, it happens. Pretty uh, much, the clickers are fungal. Um, yes, yes, which is really, really cool. It's, yeah. that, it's a really fantastic twist on um,
0: on the zombies. Yeah. 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 Yes, and the, and the main stars of the show, Pedro Pascal, who you may remember as Din Djarin uh from The Mandalorian and uh and Bella Ramsey, who you may remember from Game of Thrones and uh, and from His Dark Materials, um taking on this uh really interesting role uh yeah. in The Last of Us. There's quite a few spoilers in the most recent trailer released, I I'd, I'd probably avoid that if you haven't played yeah. the game, uh but Come join us from January 15th uh, for The Last of Us. Uh, showing HBO Max from January 15th. Uh, also being broadcast in Europe on uh, on Sky. Uh, coming out, I believe, at 2 o'clock in the morning on the 16th of January. So it's pretty much live broadcast. That's how confident they are. In this show, uh, they only have done that in the past with the Game of Thrones and and uh, and uh, House of the Dragons of this world. They don't do it very often, so uh, so it will be available for everybody to watch at the same time. So, uh, hoping uh, lots of people are going to join us for that one. Uh, we've mentioned this a couple of times already. Not too much more to say. Uh, the final season of Picard uh, is going to be coming out on from February fifteenth. Fingers crossed that it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'm hoping so. We have all of the cast come back from, uh, from the original Enterprise. We awesome. Have, uh, Beverly Crush is going to be there. Worf's going to be there. Awesome. We have LaForge is going to be there. Awesome. Uh, Data's going to be back, of course, because Brent Spiner is always going to be involved in this show. We have seen Lore in there. Uh, Data himself may not be back, but Lore oh. is back. Uh, so yes, I, I'm, I'm really excited, uh, to see how they close this out. Um, they have to make up for season two, right? And uh, Yes. yes.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And the ba- the bad guys from the trailer certainly seem the, their ship, at least, some of the shots of it is very reminiscent to me of Star Trek Insurrection. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ship there of, um, is it Shinzon, I think? Yes. Uh, the, played by Tom Hardy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, just some, there's a feel about it, I think, mm-hmm. with the kind of spiky tendrils coming out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So interesting. It looks stuff. very sharp in space.
0: Yes. Yeah.
2: Yes, but we will also be boldly going where no man has gone. Well, where no man has gone before, but no Ant-Man mm-hmm. has gone before. Yes. We will be just days later on February 17th going into quantum mania, Ant-Man and the Wasp quantum mania, mm-hmm. where we will be going into the quantum verse and we will meet stature. The, the mans daughter, who is now, remember, aged up because of the blip. Yes. And Cassie. Yeah. Cassie, she is Cassie Lang. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, not maybe not importantly, we get Kang. Yes, Kang yes. watch. It is happening. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we last saw him as he who remains in Loki season one. Mm-hmm. But now we are definitely getting Kang, 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 Kang. Kang. We'll be yes, doing the, the Kang Kang. Kang. Yeah. The
0: Kang Kang. Yes. Yeah. Uh, da, 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 I'm really intrigued da, 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 da. by this. We, we've all said that, that the Ant-Man movies uh, in the past have been, you know, some of the lower end movies of, of the yeah. MCU. They're, they're, they're comedy movies that didn't really connect with a lot of other stuff, you know, but Paul Rudd is eminently watchable. Evangeline uh, Lilly, fantastic actress. Michelle Pfeiffer coming back, of course, and Michael Douglas coming back. Um, some really intrigued where this is going to go we've seen the multiverse now we're going to the quantum verse effectively we're going to be going yeah. into the quantum realm so uh, i
2: i think i
0: even saw some of the micronauts in the, uh, so, in the so 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 you did yes.
2: so you did it looks like they're merging the microverse and the quantum verse <clears> and <throat> a number of other things like it's all gonna just fall in like kang's uh, citadel which was i believe chronopolis um, where he existed at a time and space and everything. Mm. What's That called is now again? in part chronopolis?
1: Sounds like the local chippy that uh was in my hometown.
3: I think uh, that was the Acropolis. Oh, that was it. Yeah, it was the Acropolis. slightly
2: different place, better kebabs though. Yes. Um, we th- th- they're merging it all. So, look, this is one for me. I'm like, ooh, because they're also giving quantum powers and a few other things Mm -hmm. it's going to be it's going to be fun but apparently it is going to be dark again leading into the the kang dynasty Mm, and the 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 quantum uh kind of the quantum saga the multiversal saga that we are currently in in this phase it's one i think everyone should have on their radar.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Definitely.
2: Absolutely. Definitely. And
0: interestingly, this kicks off phase five of Marvel. Phase four effectively ended with, um, with, uh, Wakanda Forever, uh, and then, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special just as a little, a little tap, a little capper on the end of it. But the kickoff of phase five of Marvel is Quantumania. This is, um, another massive opening of the universe, uh, which, which is, is interesting in and of itself. Uh, and we also finally get, Within Phase 5, one of the TV shows that I've been waiting for for a very long time. I think when um, Samuel L. Jackson was cast in the role of Nick Fury right back in Iron Man, from that point onwards, IMDb had listed a Nick Fury TV show. And it's taken this long, 10, 12 years now, I think, or 13 years at yeah. this stage. But we are getting Secret Invasion next year, led by Nicholas Joseph Fury, played by Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, co Coby Smulders is coming back as Maria Hill, of course, um, in in uh, her role as a CIA agent. Um, I'm so excited about this. This is not only is it a Nick Fury show, but we, we've been treated to some of the best cast that we've seen in a Marvel TV show for a very long time. Olivia Coleman, Oscar and Emmy winner, is coming into sh- Secret Invasion. We're also going to have the mother of dragons herself, Amelia Clark playing a major role in the show uh, what's also really interesting about secret invasion is while it does take place in, on, on tv we can't really un- we can't really know what the ramifications for the mcu are going to be but what was always interesting about it in the comic books as the ma- major arc that it was was you can't trust anybody you can't trust any character that appears in the show to be who they who they seem so I wonder if they're going to be taking characters that we've seen making cameos in shows like She-Hulk, for example, and expose that they're scrolls. Is that a possibility? You know, is there a character that you've seen in a movie that that acted differently than you would have expected them to act? Well, then they could be a scroll. You know, I kind of like that this could play out in so many different ways. But at its heart, this is a spy show led by Nick Mm -hmm. Fury. It's what I've wanted uh, for years. So I am so excited about this.
2: Yeah. yeah. And it is again the the full plot is somewhat under wraps. Yeah. Like we, we do know the skulls it is based on a, a series of comic books and kinda of a saga. Um but we do know the MCU likes to play and circum, kind of circumvent what our some of our beliefs are based on these comic books, so it is all, all, all in up for grabs in this. Well, absolutely, book,
0: and and the biggest part of that is the scrolls have already been introduced in the MCU, and they're quite friendly, nice people who were using yep. their yeah. ability to shapeshift to hide from the aggressors in the Cree Scroll War. So, what way are they going to twist that uh, for Secret Invasion? I can't wait.
1: Yeah, I'm really yep. looking forward to this one as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. No, date on it, unfortunately uh, we do know it's one of the first shows coming up uh within uh within the the shows coming out next year on Disney Plus, but uh don't have a date yet.
2: No. But we do have a date for the next MCU film, which will be May fifth. May the fifth be with you in Guardians of the Galaxy volume three. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Uh I've loved Guardians of the Galaxy um volume one and volume two. Uh I really want this to land. Uh hmm. And I'm confident it will. Mm. We've got Swalgroot in there from yep. uh, the holiday special. Yes, we. Are. There is seemingly a pal of uh, Rocket Raccoon in the form of an otter.
2: Uh, mm-hmm. So,
0: looking forward to that one mm. as well. The trail is
1: very high
2: evolutionary.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the trailers, uh, does, does show, um, the origin of Rocket Raccoon, something that's been teased since, uh, since Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. Um, because he doesn't like to be called a rocket. We know he's been experimented on and turned into who he is, but we will see that. And I expect yeah. that's, that storyline's probably going to draw a few tears, uh, like the Yambo okay. storyline did in, uh, Volume 2. The, from
1: yeah. the holiday special as well, you've got, um, the brother sister element here for um peter quill and mantis yeah and we do see old gamora in the trailer we as do well. yeah
0: we do and we also know this is the final version of the guardians of the galaxy from james gunn so this is yes. his last project for marvel he's moving on to his role in dc this is the last Hurrah. one of these versions of guardians of the galaxy peter quill and his team i suppose uh we do know from uh, from the trailer that uh, that we will see Sylvester Stallone back, who uh, who played one of the original uh, Guardians of the Galaxy that we saw in uh, Guardians Volume Two. Um, mm-hmm. Miley Cyrus also confirmed to uh, to return as uh, as the voice of another member of the Guardians, which is uh, which is one that uh, I didn't even know uh, had happened before. So. Yep. <laughs> so that's really interesting. But yeah, lots of lots and of Adam Warlock, Warlock from this one. teased
2: in yes. and, in and Volume Two, is appearing. Um, so definitely uh, something uh, who because especially he had the soul gem for years yeah. part of the affinity stones um yeah so i can have it in this one so we'll see yes. how that all turns out
0: played by the excellent will poulter i can't wait to see what he does in the role will poulter much more known for his comedic uh, chops in the in some great movies all the way back to his first appearance in son of rambo which yes. was yep. fantastic and he's always been great to watch so i'm, I'm really yep. intre- interested to see how he fits into this uh the guardians of the galaxy again more comedic movies generally, but they always have a heart to them. Yeah. Uh, something that James Gunn does quite well.
2: And he got the Marvel labs. This is yes, just did. Like he did like he did. they did they went and did it again. Yeah. Like he went they took a, a comedic actor and made him schwung. Yeah.
0: yeah, and he didn't he, just go for a bronzing; he went for a golding. He
1: did. He went from Son of Rambo to effectively meeting Rambo, Rambo. <laughs> and being Rambo. Yeah. I guess.
2: <laughs> Speaking of. Uh, the continued, uh, fun and games that are the, the Marvel universe. We are getting slightly, you have to feel into perhaps the one of the best Spider-Man films of all time. The sequel to one of the best Spider-Man films. We are getting in June, we are getting, or June 2nd, I should say, Spider-Man across the Spideyverse part one. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. oh my God, gents, this, the trailer recently launched. Uh-huh. Kicks off with this soulful, beautiful conversation with Miles and his mother, yeah. and straight away my heart just fluttered. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> this, this is going to be. I get, I'm going to get multiple Spider-Man. I'm going to when this comes out on like Blu-ray and kind of streaming. I know I'm going to sit there pausing. Every scene going, oh, that's that Spider-Man. Oh, that's that. Yeah. Oh, that's Fat Spider-Man from Earth X. Oh, that's X Bagman Spider-Man. They're, like, there's going to be hundreds of them, and I'm going to enjoy going through each and every single one of them. But more importantly, this is going to be, we get, um, uh, Miguel O'Hara as Spider-Man 2099, who yes, was teased at the, the end credits of uh, the first. Spider-Man into the Mm -hmm. Spider-Verse. We get, again, Spider-Gwen, Miles Morales, uh, Peter B. Parker. Mm -hmm. All of them are coming back. We also get Spider-Woman is coming in, and a number of other kind of fun ones like Spider-Punk and things like that. So it's going to be one where I think a lot of people... I'm going to go in with some expectations that I think they will be lived up to, but we'll have to wait and see. Mm. But it is definitely one, a big one on my radar. I think
1: it's definitely that there will be an expectation here because, I mean, I think for the first movie, like, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. I think I said something crazy like it's probably the best Spider-Man movie um, Mm -hmm. I've ever seen. Uh, So... It's certainly I one of the rea- best animated movies I've d- ever definitely. seen. Uh, yeah. Definitely, certainly that, yeah. and so really want to see this. Can't wait for it mm-hmm. to come out, and I hope uh, it's in the same
0: form. To be honest, yeah, Get yeah, better. absolutely, and it, and it already looks stunning uh, in in some of the scenes that we've seen in the trailer, and I know they're holding a lot back. Uh, if it has the same kind of heart and and the exactly. same and the same kind of animation style as the first one. You know, they're starting from a, from a high platform right there. So, yes, exactly. uh, really looking forward to it. Another one I'm really looking forward to is our final meeting of the Marvels. This originally started as Captain Marvel 2, uh, the mm-hmm. sequel to uh, the 90s set Captain Marvel movie, uh, which just finished off that phase after uh, Infinity War and Endgame. So, uh, so we got to learn who, uh, who Captain Marvel was, but has now morphed into something that Probably is even more interesting to me. I love this idea of having Captain Marvel, who we've met before in the in in, in movies. We now have Miss Marvel, who we've met as Kamala Khan from the TV show, and we're also getting Monica Rambeau, who we met as Spectrum in uh, in uh, WandaVision uh, a year before, and all three of these characters are meeting up uh, in the Marvels coming out in July twenty eighth. I'm I'm really intrigued by this. You know, we saw a little yeah. flash of it at the end of Miss Marvel, where um we saw kamala trading places with carol danvers and apparently there's another trade with monica rambeau and that's how they all get involved all three of them have trade places with each other and um, so they're all in different situations so i'm intrigued to see how, how that works i just one thing i'd love to see would be carol danvers interacting with kamala khan's family just for 10 seconds at the opening of that movie just to incorporate that family a wonderful family <laughs> into yeah, yeah. Uh, into the marvels movie but i'm really excited about this one
1: Absolutely, yeah. no expectation. <laughs> like I love the first movie. Uh, I've loved Miss um, Marvel, mm-hmm. so. I'm wondering. but I, I'm not. <laughs> I just don't know what's going to happen, and that yeah. is exciting.
2: Yeah, we were we due the first trailer around February, um, to, based on kind of usual timelines. So mm-hmm. I think it's going to be an interesting. I again, I'm with you guys. I have no expectations because yeah. I just don't. I don't even know who the the rumored villain is yeah. what the rumored plot line is yeah. I I have some expectations for each of the other films cuz I've kind of been following mm-hmm. but for the marvels it's been kind of quiet on the western front Well absolutely um yeah. so it's going to be interesting
0: Yeah Marvel Marvel are tending to attach their trailers to the previous movie effectively. So uh we are getting Quantum in in February, which is where that rumor came from I guess. Uh, so I presume we'll see our uh, our preview around that time. But exciting to see those characters particularly uh, returning to the MCU. Uh a couple of the TV shows uh for next year, none of the TV shows for Disney Plus have been dated. Uh so we don't know where these are happening, but uh what if season 2 um expected to come in early 2023? No idea what way they'll what way they'll take those stories whether it's going to be like the first season where they all um Appear to be disparate stories and end off merging together at the end and 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 combining themselves into all stories. I'd love if they expanded the universe more, where yeah. we get any kind of story being told and it doesn't have to tie into uh to one uh, big bow by the end of the season. I think that would be uh, something I'd love to see from uh, from season two of What If, but I'm not sure if they're going to do that.
1: Definitely, because I think with What If as well, it, it because you've got that more episodic element to mm-hmm. it. It's a really good place uh, for Marvel to introduce something uh, just yeah, in, a, in a very small snippet. Yeah. But I think along with what if, the word I am looking for or keeping my ear out for, shall we say, is the word incursion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. That would um, be you know, whether it is the Marvels or um, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, mm-hmm. uh as well as the other TV shows, I am
0: listening for Incursion. Yeah, introduced in uh, in Doctor Strange The Multiverse Madness as this massive idea of different universes coming and crossing over with each other, destroying each other exactly. uh, in different universes. That would be uh, really interesting to see how they deal with that. Uh, another returning show uh, for next year, uh, projected for summer 2023, uh, Loki Season
2: 2. Wow. Yeah. That's a hundred percent coming in the summer. Mm-hmm. It, it like they'll they'll definitely do it, bar some catastrophic event yeah. because we will have just met Kang yeah. um in um February. So I they're gonna want to roll with the kind of the, the swell of behind um what will be more than likely a a new hit villain. Mm -hmm. Um, And we did see his statue at the end of season one of Loki. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And we did get a quick taste of, uh, in terms of uh, the the trailer, kind of some scenes in just a recent release, 2023 look ahead Mm -hmm. on Disney plus, Um, but, and it looks good. Yeah, looks
3: great. Yeah, I'm yeah. looking forward to
0: all, that, ma- all major cast coming back as well as, as well yeah. as Quan uh, who uh, who most recently appeared in the wonderful uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once uh, this year, yeah. and uh, formerly known as uh, as indie sidekick in the uh, Indy Dan Jones and Temple Doom. Uh, so great to see him back, and great to see him getting a role in the MCU as well. So uh, excited yeah. to see uh, what's coming up uh, in Loki season two as well. Uh, Ironheart, following on from uh, the introduction of Ironheart in Wakanda Forever, Um we're expecting to see that as well. Towards the end yeah. of next year, you know, the launch of the character being towards the end of twenty twenty two makes yeah. sense to have uh, the character coming up at the end of twenty twenty three uh, in her own show. That's uh, that's going to be quite interesting. I know, uh, Chris, you had a theory about a character from uh, from Miss Marvel uh, possibly jumping over into uh, into Ironheart.
2: Yes, we did see Bruno uh, go off to the same college. He went to MIT, yeah. mm-hmm. so I'm uh, expecting potentially it's going to cross over. Interestingly enough, this is a bit of a weird one where we're going to see the Hood, who is. Was in the comic books a mystical he was. Uh, kind of magic based yeah. um, villain. Um, he is confirmed as the, one of the main villains for this show, yeah. um, and so it's going to be interesting to see how magic and technology go off against one other Whether they continue yeah. the the kind of magic uh, piece of the hood, but it would be definitely interesting. Yeah. I'm this is one I'm I'm curious. I I want to see more about. I liked her character. To a degree within, um, the, the Black Panther Wakanda forever. Mm -hmm. Um, but. There's so
0: much other heavy lifting to do in that, in that movie. I think it was a great, a good introduction to the character. Um, some great moments where you got a feel of who the character is, but that's all they were going to accomplish in that movie. Yeah. I
1: I think that that is all it was. And that,
0: so I'm intrigued for the
1: character. Mm -hmm. I think the thing that's gripping me here is the hood. Um, I think he's a really, underutilized character in the comics mm-hmm. um and that's why for anyone who is interested in it the Brian K Vaughan 6 issue uh, comic run of The Hood is very good. It's very good. He uh, yeah. was also involved in Dark Rain as well yeah. so
0: Um, I'm really intrigued for the hood, uh, for sure. But looking forward to getting a little more focused on Riri Williams in our own series. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be really good fun. But you mentioned the mix there of, of magic and, uh, tech, tech. Um, another magic show coming back and another follow up to a previous series that we saw from, uh, from out of the, uh, the, Spotlight of one division we are getting Agatha Covenant of Chaos now this one's a little bit more ooh, a little bit. it 's somewhere out there in the future the name of the show's changed at least once uh, since it was originally announced um but this is possibly winter 2023 possibly into into 2024 so uh, but I, I am really intrigued to see Agatha Harkness back on screen definitely. Um, she was such <laughs> a standout character uh, when we saw her back in one division definitely there's
2: rumors as well that this might be moving to becoming a kind of special presentation station. Okay. They, 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 they again it's this one that keeps it, this is one I'm I'm really interested in because it keeps it's it's changed at least twice as you mentioned. Mm. And now the latest rumour is that it has been shifted to becoming a special presentation over at 90 minutes. Yeah. yeah. And That'd be a little disappointing, though.
0: Um, yeah. You know, I, Catherine Hamm was such a great actor uh, yeah, in, great. in WandaVision. And, and I feel like she's a, she's an actress that needs a vehicle. And I'd love that vehicle to be Agatha Harkness. Yeah.
1: And yeah. also with the current uh, release of the game Midnight Suns mm-hmm. as well, which has got Agatha in it. Oh, All over, She's everywhere. Well, right? yeah, she is. Literally... Yeah. Uh, all over it, um, in her ghost form. Yeah. <gasps> oh no, more spoilers. So, sorry, fellow <laughs> defenders. Uh, but also, just that element of it, because there is the the Wanda connection in that, mm-hmm. and with the yeah. current title, at least having chaos in it, and the chaos magic that yeah. uh, the Scarlet, which uses. So who knows? Um, maybe they're starting to connect up their games as well.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, possible.
2: Speak speaking of kind of kind of wrapping up, I should say, our, our kind of Marvel kind of list for what we kind of know. We we do know that or the rumour is that Marvel's Echo, mm-hmm. uh starring Aluka Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio, which we did see in Hawkeye mm-hmm. last year, um, is due out towards the end of twenty twenty three. That may shift depending on a few things.
0: Yeah, that was originally planned for April um, of yeah. next year. There, there was originally planned as one of the earliest shows coming out because it was coming off the back of Hawkeye. But uh, but yeah, it now pushed out towards the end of uh, of twenty twenty three. Um, you know, it's it's uh, it's interesting to see how, how they'll uh, how they'll have uh, Echo. Uh, with her Kim. own show. And it's going to be fascinating to see Kingpin, uh, without Daredevil over there. But yeah. we will be seeing Daredevil Born Again. Um, filming starts on Daredevil Born Again in March of 2023. Car- Charlie Cox, uh, taken up with his most recent show, Traitor, I think it is on, uh, on Netflix. Yes. Uh, which he, uh, finished off filming there, uh, quite recently. And he's also been filming over in Ireland, as we've mentioned before. Um, so, <laughs> so he is traveling over to the US for March to start filming on Daredevil Born Again, uh, which is due to come out in 2024. So yes. we will. Stop talking about Daredevil. I know we all want to. Can't wait to talk about it uh, as a show when it comes out, though.
2: Yes. Last piece about the Daredevil, though, is he apparently, Charlie Cox, is going to make a cameo uh, in Echo um, as one of her mentors uh, or a mentor besides Hawkeye. But it'll be interesting to see how that all spins out. But again, more than likely, at least a year when we'll talk about it again in our 2023 wrap-up and our 2024 look ahead Exactly next year.
0: <laughs> exactly, and I'm sure we'll talk about it all the way through at Echo if that, comes out, uh, if that comes out next year. Uh, we will, of course, if the Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power returns next year. We will, of course, be covering that as well. Uh, very much the expectation is that, that will be a 2024 show. Um, the production moving to another country uh, obviously will delay uh, delivery of, uh, of of the show, but filming has started. Filming started a few weeks ago, and as part of that, uh, that filming announcement, we've seen a number of announcements of massive amounts of cast being added to the ever-expanding uh, ensemble cast for that show. I think there's been uh, 16 new cast members uh, announced. I think I only even mentioned eight on our document here, seven in our document here. Uh, but one of the things that we just need to mention uh, for the Rings of Power fans, one of the kind of sad changes that we're seeing is Joseph Mall, who, who played Adar uh, in the first season of, uh, of Rings of Power, is unfortunately uh, not continuing with the show. Um, the show moving from New Zealand to the UK uh, seems to be the reason that he's chosen not to uh, not to continue. Uh, but we are getting Sam Hazeldean, uh, who we've seen in The Sandman uh, this yes. year, and Peaky Blinders. He's uh, stepping into the role uh, of Adar for season two. Adar, a very good character in season one, so it's a shame yeah, yeah. that we are getting a switch, but at least it's a very good character.
3: Yeah,
2: Yes, definitely. and all of those new cast members, at least eight of them were rumoured to be Gandalf. <laughs> 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 um, speaking of staying with fantasy, we do have Wheel of Time season two. No official date confirmed. Expectation is towards kind of the middle to end, even though filming has finished. Um And hopefully we will get a trailer in the next couple of months at least in the first two months of the mm. year yeah, um, yeah
0: I've, I've heard much earlier than you've heard Chris. i've heard oh i've wow. heard the early part of this year um of of 2023 oh, so. that we're going to be uh going to be getting um the release of uh of the start of wheel of time
2: oh yeah, that's Interesting. Gonna
0: be that's yeah.
1: and this is a mix of books two two and three, three. Mm.
2: yes yes yeah, um, and uh, apparently also sets up the, the, the season three, which as of, uh, I believe it was Jordan Conn which, uh, last year, which is a Wheel of Time kind of fan convention, mm-hmm. um, it has been alluded to by showrunner Rafe Judkins that their season three has already been greenlit and yeah. that they're kind of already in well into pre-production. Um, one thing I will note, Rafe Judkins has taken on co-showrunner work with the writers of uh, the original iron man um for god of war another video game playstation video game mm-hmm. franchise going to amazon and that is god of war uh it's I can not i i can't i don't even get into it it's huge but think north mythology but Amazing, amazing video games.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: two of them uh, just finished up with uh, God of War Ragnarok on PlayStation 4 and 5. Um, but he is taking up co show running. But he said he will stay on for show running of Wheel of Time season yeah. three.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, lots of people do, uh, multiple shows. So I'm sure he's able to do that. Uh, yeah, but excited to see, excited to uh, travel back to the world and, uh, in Wheel of Time as well. Um, Witcher season three, the final season starring Henry Cavill is also, uh, rumored to be coming out towards the end of, uh, of 2023 as well. So we, we expect, uh, we'll be back at the continent for that.
2: Yes, yeah. and much like Doctor Who, we will get a regeneration. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he will explode into light and a new Witcher will be born in Geralt's place. Mm-hmm. Yes. Interesting. The, the, it turns yeah. out that the Witcher is actually a, uh, a Doctor Lord. Who doctor. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. You never know. Think, cra- crazier things have happened to see. Huh? Uh, Liam Hemsworth, is that right? Yes. Is. yes, yes, I, I was trying I to remember. Hemsworth. I know there's um, I know there's uh, about five Hemsworths, and I was trying to remember is uh,
2: all of them are jacked. as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and there you go. So it's just you, you, you throw you throw a stone, you're going to hit a jacked Hemsworth, and he will make it a, a, a sufficient uh, witcher.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. We've already mentioned earlier on uh, the fourth and final season of Umbrella Academy possibly coming back uh, next year, but the filming only starts in February uh, of 2023. So, um, so likely that we won't see the final season of Umbrella Academy until 2024. Uh, the six episodes as confirmed by, um, by showrunner Steve Blackman. Uh, but on one of the bigger shows that we talk about, um, The spin-off, the first live-action spin-off of The Boys, Gen V, is coming out uh, next year. First trailer released for that uh, a couple of weeks ago. Looks bloody and crazy uh, once again. It does, yes. Um, Still can't really work out. There's a puppet in it uh, which starts (laughs) off getting its head taken off and then looks like its entrails are coming out to drag people and kill them. And I'm not really too sure. It's a very short trailer, but... It looks mental. I'm yeah. sure it's going to be. Um, the boys season four wow. is, again, likely to be moving out to 2024. Um, they, they usually alternate the years on the boys, don't they? Once every, once every two years is when yeah. the series comes out. But uh, some interesting casting announcements, though. Uh, we will be seeing Huey's mom. Appear on the show. Uh, Simon mm. Pegg has also been confirmed to return uh, for the next season. So, uh, as Huey's dad, so that's uh, that's going to be quite interesting um, to see them back.
2: It, 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 if if they are going where we think they are going, uh, in terms of which who knows at this point, mm-hmm. it's going to be a fun. It's going it, to some of the takes on what we assume happens after HeroGasm, at least in the the comic books. Mm. If they if they follow some of those directions, it is going to be good, but. Yeah. Where we left Homelander and Ryan,
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, in season three. Oh, mm. oh Eric Kripke is going to give us some uh, very interesting uh, social commentary.
0: Who knows? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And another. Massive announcement! It wouldn't be a new season of The Boys without an announcement of a member of the cast of uh, Supernatural joining the crew. Uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, uh, most recently on uh, on The Walking Dead, but uh, an, an old alumni of uh, of Supernatural is joining the cast for season four of The Boys. So, uh, yes. joining his son Dean, When's Sam Winchester joining? What I, was I know it, <laughs> it's just
1: gonna
2: it will happen. happen. It will happen. Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, you may know him from The Walking Dead. Uh, Speaking of The Walking Dead, we do have a connection somewhat in that Invincible, written by the the, the same uh, uh, writer uh, from a comic book perspective, I should say, Mm -hmm. is uh, confirmed for two more seasons. They uh, recently on the social media have kind of alluded to that they could actually... uh, show us a trailer for season two at some point Mm -hmm. but they they just keep pushing the date i think it's actually just a joke now i don't know what's going on but it's gonna be fun it is a bloody adult animated show
0: yeah it's about a year and a half now since myself and you covered um invincible season one chris so we yeah. were saying roughly two years with the animation cycles and they had yeah. the confirmation of season three. So, um, and season two at the same time. So it's possible that we'll get to see that, yeah. uh, in 2023.
2: Yeah. I think it might be another summer. It might be a summer release. Yeah. I,
0: I feel like hopefully a lot of the boys fans, um, will have tuned into Invincible because it gets recommended quite a lot. If you've, if you'd like the boys to go and check out Invincible. So hopefully they've tuned in and will join us for, uh, for the second season of Invincible.
3: Yeah.
0: If you liked The Sandman last year as well. And you missed out on our last Neil Gaiman project that we covered. Uh, We will be back with another stab at the Angels and Demons in Good Omens Season 2 coming in summer 2023. John and myself will once again be hosting, in conjunction with Podcastica, our coverage of uh, Good Omens. Really looking forward to seeing what Neil Gaiman has cooked up. Definitely.
1: Yeah. I love... Good Omens and uh, mm. Season 1 was a hoot. Really, yes. really good. Yeah. Uh, so I cannot wait for Season 2. I mean, we'll have to have a new category soon. What with um, Good Omens and The Sandman, mm-hmm. as well as Anansi Boys, mm-hmm. it will have to be the Neil Gaiman category. Yeah. I mean, even What If is supposedly having a, a 1602 flavour for mm-hmm. one of its episodes as well. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll have a, a new category by the end of 2023 I for think our wrap-up. We can do that. We can
0: definitely do that. Uh, what's your favorite Neil Gaiman show? That's what, a, what an exciting question to have. We've always had the what, what's your favorite Neil Gaiman comic? Uh, and everybody has a different answer for that, but really excited to see what, what Prime Video do with, uh, with Anansi Boys. Uh, my understanding is that, that Lenny Henry's coming on board, uh, as a writer on the show. Uh, Lenny Henry, um, a really close friend of Neil Gaiman's, uh, and involved in the, in the original creation of Anansi Boys as a story as well. So, uh, so excited to see what he brings, yeah, uh, to definitely. the writer credits. We've just been watching him in Blood Origins, uh, uh, uh in his, uh, in a villainous role. And we've, and we've seen him earlier on this year in a slightly more comedic role in, uh, Rings of Power. So interested to see all the other facets of Lenny Henry, uh, coming to us next year. Uh, quickly, let's go through some of the, uh, some of the poll results from our, from the polls on the shows that we're going to be covering next year. Uh, for next year, the, the show people are most excited about from Marvel, uh, is Secret Invasion, the Nick Fury show. Very good. I promise I didn't vote 100 times in on that one. <laughs> uh, I promise. Uh, but Loki Season 2 coming in pretty close behind that. Uh, best returning show for TVPI for next year is Good Omens Season 2. Most people very excited about that. Good, uh, yeah, about yeah. 45% of voters.
2: Followed by the Wheel of Time Season 2 and then Invincible Season mm-hmm. 2. Yes. Which is definitely, I was not expecting, but good on you, you wheelers and you invincibles
0: absolutely uh marvel movies for next year i'm most excited uh, i think this actually goes in order if I've, if I've got it right it actually goes in order of release here it is, 100%. <laughs> so it is literally ant-man and the wasp uh three which is quantum mania uh and then guardians galaxy volume three and about three percent in between the two of them and then it just goes down so uh, i i feel like this is probably just an order of release uh for finally for the new shows coming to tvpi next year with uh, uh gen v the boys spin-off and Nancy boys uh and the last of us just added the last of us actually got uh slightly higher votes uh than Nancy boys um in and about you know 33 percent each really yeah <laughs> you yeah. know just slightly Pretty
1: more. even split yeah, yeah. and
0: and uh, the last of us was added by our uh our wonderful uh community over there on uh the, on our facebook group so uh that is the reason we've chosen to cover it so thank you for adding that
2: yes you're going to regret it. Oh, no. <laughs> There's going to Am be I too much it? content for you all to listen to. And
0: too much content for me to edit for the year. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that is everything we think we're covering for uh, for next year <laughs> uh, and everything that we've covered for 2022. Anything else you guys want to add uh, to the list for next year?
1: <laughs> um, I hope that some get pushed to 2024. Okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, it, there's going to be a number of kind of shows in between. There's going to be a number of like there is also um the new Anne Rice uh, uh witches yeah. TV show the which takes of off witches. early. In- yeah. Yeah um which looks very interesting absolutely
0: um i highly recommend if you're interested in in the mayfair witches i highly recommend you go over and check out uh strange indeed which is uh led by rima joe a massive massive Anne rice fan and we'll be covering it over there uh or also check out articulate coven um which is is led by joel sharpton one of our one of the oldest friends of the podcast i think he reviewed our podcast back on uh episode three of our gotham tv podcast mm. where we've been friends ever since uh go check out articulate Calvin. They, they covered uh Interview the vampire and we'll be covering mayfair witches as well so
2: yeah excellent but with all that being said and done that is our 2022 wrap-up that is our 2023 look ahead mm-hmm. we have to do one more thing before we get into uh are saying goodbyes that is to thank our awesome patreons Mm -hmm. because you know what we wouldn't be here without you guys because you keep our servers on our lights going and you keep the hamster fed that keeps the energy going into our podcast mics first up we want to thank fjord rupa nalam cosmological patty vck salim kisler maria g robert w mike kegler Andrew Davis, and Roberta R.
0: Absolutely. We also want to thank Matthew Murdoch, Jamie Lawton, Jeff McMurray, Lawrence Kosser, Anthony Osler, Alex Baelish, Johnny Million, Victor Von Doom, Soccer Files Canada, and Heather Wallace. Yes, absolutely. And we'd also like to thank
1: P. Locklear, Sky Rocker, Donald Dennis, Marianne Morris, James Ariah Urin, Angie Aarhus, Lisa Sweat, Franco Montevago, Jenny V, and Jessica Bartrez.
2: Yes, and last but not least, Robert, Steve Brown, Into the Night, The Moonlight Podcast, Orin Dix, John, Stuart Campbell, Ken Hugh, and Claire Payne. Thank you so much to everyone who is on our Patreon. It means so much to us, but also thank you to everyone who has also kind of contributed over on com. We appreciate every little cent and dollar, but also understand that all of you have who have reviewed those of you who have shared the podcast because sharing the podcast is what gentlemen.
3: Sharing, Sharing the, the love, love. Yes. absolutely.
0: You did mention it, Chris. Buy me a coffee, at buymeacoffeecom coffee.com slash tv TVPI. You can also support us over there. I want to say a huge thank you to Jarvis who bought us three coffees over there on oh, Buy Me f- a Coffee. F- uh, thank you, Jarvis. Yeah, saying a huge thank you for uh, our coverage on the Sandman series. So uh, oh. thank you so much, Jarvis. Uh, you can send us messages over there as well. You can also email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com Podcast about your thoughts about anything we have covered in twenty twenty two, anything we will cover in twenty twenty three. Uh, hopefully. We will we'll hear from you very soon
2: please consider liking sharing subscribing making sure you get everywhere if you're over on spotify make sure you click the follow the bell button and all those little things to make sure you never miss an episode because if you subscribe to our feeds you are ensured to pick up at least every episode that we put out because as you have heard in this episode we are covering a lot of stuff next year, and you don't want to miss out in all the goodness that will be in your ear holes with our dulcet tones.
0: Absolutely. Later this week, two more episodes of uh, The Witcher Blood Origin coming out, episode three and episode four. And beginning 2023, as we mentioned, Star Wars The Bad Batch, season two from January 4th. And as you can tell, loads and loads more. Thank you so much for joining us this year. Hopefully you'll stay subscribed to the podcast for next year as well. Bye. Bye. Happy
1: New Year, fellow everybody. Absolutely happy New (laughs) Year. And remember, keep watching and keep listening into 2023. Bye. Bye.